Blog Talk Radio. December 20th, 2013 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, where we discuss news, politics, and culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy, the philosophy behind the uniquely American sense of life, the sense of life of those who believe we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of our own individual happiness. I'm your host, Amy Peekoff. Joining me here in the studio is cartoonist Bosch Faustin. Hello, everyone. And if I was nice to him, I would have him take the first hour off so that he could rest and prepare for the big smackdown. Battle. <laughs> the big epic battle Bosch between... Bosch versus Jerome Brook. That's right. In the second hour, we're going to have Jerome Brook here. Wait, and... wait. Did I speak third person? Did you? That's terrible. Oh, that is bad. Well, Michael Jordan did it, so it's okay. See, because you're in a debate with your own. You're getting all full of yourself, and you're speaking of <laughs> Look, yourself I'm just in a the third going up person. against the president of the IMA Institute. And that's that's an honor, but also, you know, I got to lose. You're just, I have to step you're it up. Just, you're just trying to give an excuse if you lose. <laughs> lose. Wait, I, I, I'm just whoa, a whoa, cartoonist. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have reality on my side about this issue. I got it. <laughs> anyway, th- this has been a discussion long in the yeah. making of five years about five years or so the first time i met your own i uh she was she did a, a panel with wapa sultan the great ex-muslim and he was using islamic you know islamic totalitarianism and she was using islam and when i met him i said uh, every time he said islamic you know totalitarianism i i cringed and that was our first conversation and i admire him i agree with 99 percent of of everything he more uh, than 99 percent i would say yeah. but this is just a terminology because right. the fact is in the end, we want the same thing. We want to be safe. We want to, to defeat the enemy. It's a point about how to get there. Right, exactly. So today, we're, we are going to have in the first hour the usual roundup of the week's news. We have to talk about the firing of Duck Dynasty star Phil Robertson. We've got some other stories as well. If you want to check it out, go to don'tletitgo.com. The post at the top of the blog is the post for today's show. And if you scroll down, you'll see the program notes which includes all the things that we would like to discuss today. If you want to join in live, chat, uh, the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio is open. I see there's a bunch of people over there, including Robert NYC, to whom I owe a belated happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday, Robert. Happy birthday, Robert. So thanks for joining us today while you're recovering from your no doubt crazy partying and hangover. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, anyway, you can do the chat room right over there. And everyone else is now wishing Robert a happy birthday, which is great. You can also call 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. So let's go ahead and get started. And what I should do is, first of all, read to you the quotation from the GQ interview of Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty. If you don't know who Phil Robertson of Duck Dynasty is... You are not alone, although there are 14 million people who apparently watch that show every week on A&E. I knew very little about it. I remember seeing a story that the stars of Duck Dynasty went to New York City 
and somebody mistook one of them for a homeless man or something. It was some funky story. So I think that was the first time that I okay. heard about it. This was months ago. And then now it's all over the news. Why? Because the patriarch, I guess, of the family it was interviewed by GQ and said something that offended people. So let's listen to the quote. And I'm wondering, Bosch, should you read it because you're a guy and you could sort of read it in I the guess. way that this guy would have said it? So here it is. Read it for me. I know. Bosch. I never heard the guy say it. I never, you know, I know how he looks, but I think his beard was talking. Anyway, <laughs> he goes, it seems like to me a vagina as a man would be more desirable than a man's anus. That's just me. I'm just thinking there's more there. She's got more to offer. I mean, come on, dudes. You know what I'm saying. But, hey, sin, it's not logical, my man. It's just not logical. So how do you think Bosch did there? I think he did a pretty good job. Uh, <laughs> Robert NYC says of the Duck Dynasty people, ZZ Top meets Daffy Duck. That's right. <laughs> I had thought of the ZZ Top connection, of course, but I hadn't thought of ZZ Top meets well, Daffy now, Duck. Well, now it might be cool. Lame Duck Dynasty because it might be canceled. That's the word. Yeah, Lame yeah. Duck Dynasty. We'll have to see about that. So, well, I mean, what do you think about that, Bosch? Do you say this well, is look, offensive? He, of course, yeah, it is. I mean, he's taking a pot shot at homosexuals for reasons that he thinks are... Valid, and it's just a just cheap, ugly comment, but he has the right to say it. Of course he does. That's not the issue here. The issue is whether A&E has the right to, to um, take exception to it and act on it, act against him, fire him, uh, put him on suspension. They have the right to do that, and everyone's missing that. Well, not not everyone's missing it, but a lot, a lot of people, a lot are, of people are missing it, and some people that we think should know a lot better yeah. yes. are missing it, and that's what's bothering me. But take, you know, take, take the separate issues, right? First of all, do you think that this is offensive, that people would be reasonable to find this statement offensive? And I, I mean, to me, it, it's not the fact that he is opposed to homosexuality. Yeah. That I mean, it's not surprising. Yeah. He is a it's Bible... based on his religion. He's a Bible-thumping Christian, totally unapologetically Bible-thumping Christian. No. Not surprising. It's the way that he said this. It's just so tactless. It's it tasteless. Is. It is. Now, nasty. if you were the head of A&E, would you suspend somebody for making a statement like this or no? Well, I, I would have the discretion. I should have that. I well, no, no. Oh, right, no. I know that. No, but what let's, let's, let's keep them separate. Well, look. So first of all, I'm just asking you, assume yes, of course, and I, I, I believe it's right. You have the right I probably wouldn't because going in, you knew these guys were hardcore Christians. Going in, they knew that this guy had made comments about homosexuality prior to even signing him on. And it's, I think, for a few years, it's been, it's been very, very popular. I think it's the highest rated nonfiction, quote unquote, show in cable history. Uh, so this is a, and everyone assumes also that it was only the pressure by the leftist groups that they did it. We don't know that. We don't know that. They probably piled on, which is what they won't, but this is what, what they will do. But uh, I probably wouldn't have. If, if I had them on, I accept them as they are. It is what it is. It's, it's, it's a program that I guess makes a ton of money for the, for the, for the channel. But it's, so it's, it's a the... nasty comment. I say that is a nasty comment. But, you know, people have the right to say nasty comments. And you don't like it, you really don't have to watch the show. Now, now here, here's the thing. So for me, I look at this and I say, boy, this is a really tax, tactless. Yeah, absolutely. Just totally disgusting crude, way, very nasty. crude way of saying this stuff. And, and, the, and, and the assumption also that there's, uh, they just choose to be quote-unquote evil, as he calls it. They just choose to, to choose this, excuse me, this hole over that hole. I mean, that's, that's what he's saying. No. And it's, uh, it's likely 
uh, biological. What would our, we don't get we don't get into that debate, but um, but, but on on the moral and the and the business issue, basically, I'm saying here that I would probably suspend him. Um, I would I would go ahead and suspend him, and I I, don't, I wouldn't suspend him for a super long time, but I think I would make a point to say yes. You know, it's valid. We're all going to share our opinions. We know that he believes in the, what the Bible says, including its condemnation of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. But this is a really tasteless way of expressing that point of view. And people, I think, would be reasonable in finding this offensive. I mean, maybe I'm just a prude, but... I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think people are offended by it. I think uh, even some conservatives, even a Mark Levin... Who never mentions the fact that Amy has the right to, to fire him? He says this is really crude. I'd never say something like that. And uh, it just it comes out this guy is uh, anti-gay for religious reasons, and the 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 channel knew that going in. That's why it's it's questionable whether they should have got rid of him. Whether I would have if I was in his. Yeah, I mean, if it was my network, I don't think I'd have this show on would, in the first place. So I would have a show on it. But what I'm saying but, is, if you accept right. him, and you, if you know he's already established. Uh, anti-gay comments, you know, you already know they're going in. It's like, well, okay, right, right. you know, we'll we'll keep it and uh, deal deal with the uh, with the heat from the leftist groups. Yeah, and and I and I think what I would do is I would suspend him for a certain period of time. I would say exactly why that it's not the point of view that he's expressing because we all knew that that was his point of view, but it's the way that he did it, and that basically, as the head of a network, I don't want people who are on my network offending the potential viewers. I mean, 14 million viewers is a lot of viewers. Suppose you lose a million of them. I guess that makes a difference. Didn't we watch recently, what was it called, Network? Network. Where they were talking about the difference that it makes if you get a million more and all the point, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Daniel in the chat room says that I am Uh a prude. But also, you know, this this one thing about the double standard, I mean, Uh and it's true. A rapper can say this and worse uh, and, and worse. And record companies don't get heat, whether it's Eminem, white rapper, or black rappers, whatever. It doesn't matter. And uh, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a tough situation. But uh, the idea that A and E does have no has no say, that's what gets me. That they should just leave it on, and that's it. You know, once once you accept a, a member on a certain show, you have to accept him for anything and everything. Right. He does. Doesn't matter what he does. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, what what if the guy goes out into the? I mean, I've actually seen this happen in New York City. I was so disgusted. Suppose one of the stars of this caught just urinating on a yeah. car out oh, on a wow, street yeah. in I'm, New York City. Do you remember, remember seeing that, that? I remember that. That's disgusting, yeah, and right? The guy had a so, suit on. He wasn't some bum. No. He was like a businessman. And he's, and he's peeing on somebody's car because he's drunk, drinking it. So, you know, misconduct like this is going to be yeah. a, you know, put a, put a bad mark on people's opinion yeah. of the network and the show. And I think, yeah, go ahead and, and be able to fire them for that. So this is in that category. I would say that A&E, you know, Potentially could do it. Now, you would disagree. You'd say, no, I wouldn't. Maybe I'm too much of a prude, as what? Daniel in the chat room says here. No, I mean, no, no, he said, if, if I were him, if I were in his shoes, and I, and I, and I knew going in the show that this guy yeah. said those comments, I would not expect him not to. Just I want him to be themselves and, and let, the, let the audience judge and let the audience condemn him or not or whatever. But if it's already established this is who he is, it seems weird that they would, oh, Oh, that's you just right. crossed the line. Well, and then and then here's the other thing. The other thing that a lot of people have been pointing out is that the mainstream media networks 
hardly ever suspend anybody for offensive comments yeah. when they no, are of the liberal persuasion. And so they, and who is it, Bashir, Bashir who Baldwin, is and it's saying like, horrible things about Sarah Palin? I mean, honestly, I didn't hear him say it. something horrific about taking a dump in her mouth and, you know, going in her eyes, peeing. And uh, it, it took them over a week, I think, to finally get to the point where he allegedly resigned. But they had, it, it, it was teeth pulling time. This just popped out, I guess, this quote, and that's that. It's over. Um, I guess because they expect, I guess some Christians have higher standards than the leftists. I don't know. You know, anything goes with these other guys. Who knows? But uh, it's not a matter of free speech. The guy can say whatever the hell he wants. And clearly he, he said whatever the hell he wanted. Uh, but sometimes you pay a price for it. Well, and this goes into the separate issue. The other issue that really got me about this was people talking about A&E suspending him as censorship. Using the term yeah, yeah. censorship That's or saying that they were violating his right to free speech or that he was just exercising his right to free speech and so that they were wrong to do that. And you just do not apply those terms when yeah. you're talking about the action of a private company right. like A&E. And that they don't is have the power. Thing. They don't have the power of government to censor. They can fire, they can uh, suspend, they can do this, but they can't censor. I mean, the guy can say whatever he wants. And again, he didn't say it. On A&E, he said it in the GQ, in a, in a print interview. But still, I mean, as, no, I know as, that. I know as that. you go out in the world, you're an ambassador for well, your Bolden, employer to a certain Al extent. Al Bolden said those uh, you know, comments which he lied about. He basically called the guy some, he, he used the, the term faggot, and he said, no, 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 I called him uh, a maggot. You know, we know Al Bolden. He's a, he's a, he's a nasty guy. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a foul-mouthed rat. So he went off, and they said, uh, well, it wasn't on the show well, that, that doesn't matter, as, as it, it didn't matter here. But AD has the right to say, uh, you know what, we're going to deal with this as we choose to. Pressure, no pressure, whatever. In the end, they're going to have to make that decision. No pressure group can, can make them fire this guy. None. Right. You know. No. And, and this is the thing, that they basically have the right. They are a private company. Yep. They also have the right to free speech. You know, the fact that you have become a business owner and you hire employees doesn't mean that you should lose the right to free speech. And I believe that individuals who own businesses or corporations, whatever their ownership structure is, they also have the right to tailor their message. And so just as much as he has the right to go out and say whatever he wants, yeah. they have the right to not employ him Absolutely. if a representative of their network, he is behaving like a total jerk yeah. and i mean that you know that wasn't the only thing that he said during the interview no, if no, you go over more. to my blog at don'tletitgo.com i have a link to the actual gq interview with phil robertson and i read it and there are a couple other things in there where you'd say okay well you know if you don't have religion then therefore you are going to become like the nazis or the communists hmm. those type of normal comments and uh, you know, if everybody just believes in Jesus and all the things, I mean, you, you yeah. have to believe that he died for us and he was resurrected and the whole stuff, and then everything will be wonderful. Yeah. If, if we just all believe that, it would be great. I find that offensive as, as an atheist. Absolutely. But but the other thing is he was talking about blacks in the South when he was growing and, up and, and that he was uh, working with a lot of blacks. He says, well, I was working with him. Why? Because I was white trash. It's like, okay, I think that's kind of offensive too. He's working with them because of that? 
Yeah, the reason he was working alongside them was because he was white trash. And because they're black trash in his So, mind? so like blacks are equivalent of white trash? I guess not. They're black trash and white trash, therefore we fit together? Well, or, the, that, or, 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 or like the blacks were on the same level as white trash. Or, I mean, you could, you could take a lot of what he said. But also, someone called call themselves white trash also. I mean, they're basically discounting that they, have any, that they ought to have any influence or any, you know what I mean? Like, don't care what I say because I, I consider myself white trash. I'm not called that. I am white trash. I mean, I'm a self-identified white trash. Well, like, and the, when they talk about his background, too, I mean, I think he was addicted to drugs. He was drinking a lot. He actually committed violent acts against okay. people when he was younger. And he has this idea that he was somehow saved, bo- yeah, saved or yeah. born again. And that there is no continuity between him and his older self such that he doesn't even try to go back to those people now that he's fabulously wealthy. Yeah. And try to make amends with those people. At the time, I think he paid off somebody not to charge him with assault and battery mm. or whatever. Uh, but it was out of the funds that he had at the time, so it was a pretty meager payoff, I, right, I assume. Right. If you are a real Christian, don't you think if you really wrong somebody to the extent of committing a violent act against them, that you would go back and give them make a lot amends, more money? Yeah, not that he's, you know, he has to, but I would say as a Christian, you'd think you'd want to. But no, no, you know, the, the, the old... Phil Robertson right. is just a completely different person, yeah, and there's no Jesus, continuity right. between him and so, after, after so he found Jesus. He's he's a piece of work. He's a real piece of work, and I could see saying, "Okay, dude, you just flapped your mouth mouth off too much. You were too tasteless, too tactless." Yeah, he You're, was pushing it. Um, I think he was pushing. It. I think he feels powerful. Right. Uh, it's a. It's again. It's an incredibly popular show. I've never seen it. Have no interest in watching it. Zero. Uh, but uh, he was flexing some muscles, I think, and seeing I can say anything I want type thing. Yeah. And go for it. Go for but, it, but then maybe you, you lose know. your job. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. A&E does not owe him a job, does not owe him. I mean, you know, I was talking, I was really debating this. If you go to my Twitter from yesterday, yeah. the Twitter feed, at oh, Amy Peacock, people. I uh, all kinds of people. Unfollowing, uh, defriending, yeah. Oh, but just just debating in the silliest way, I would tell them it's not censorship, that censorship is an act committed by a government when a government forcibly prevents you from expressing your point of view. That's not going on here. No. This is a private company basically choosing freedom of association. I think someone on Twitter put it quite well. They said, this is is freedom of association. And you know what? I mean, just, I don't know. I just, uh, you were saying something. I just, I, I had this one thought. I lost it. Okay. Yeah. So I made you lose a train of thought. Yeah. Woohoo! Whoa, first time. <laughs> How many times have I done it to you? Uh, I can't even 100? count. I can't even count. Revenge. You know, but, but you're having this debate out there on on Twitter with people, and they just don't understand the difference between government action and private action. And one person on Twitter was referring me to the Ace of Spades blog. And so, oh, who's, who's usually good? Ace of Spades. He makes the the point. You know, really, you should see it. And 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 he was basically making the point at Ace of Spades blog. He was trying to make the point that even though, no, this is not censorship. Nonetheless, if A and E does that, they go against the spirit of freedom of speech, like a culture of freedom of expression. And I could see that point. I could definitely see that point where you say, okay, you know, and and. I mean, certainly me, I have really controversial views. I would love if every potential employer of mine would have the point of view that, look, express your view. We have the right to disagree. Diversity of opinion is valuable because it helps us to hone our own positions and things like that, right? I, I would want that. But here's the thing about Ace of Spades, right? If you go to the post on 
the firing, and he talks about this issue of the spirit of the First Amendment, spirit of freedom of expression, he actually uses the term coercion. Mm. Coercion. When he is speaking about an employer terminating employment due to things that you say. I mean, think about this. Just the simple example. You work as a waiter in a restaurant. You are not entitled to, in the middle of the restaurant, just start spouting off what your views no. are about Obamacare no, or Literally. immigrants or whatever. Well, you, well, you know? sorry, you can. Well, you can, but and they don't you have to employ you. That's right. You walk <laughs> straight out the door. So it, it's ridiculous, this idea that you are entitled to a job mm. regardless of what Anything. you say and how you say it. It's like it. a guaranteed contract? Yeah. Um, where, where do you get that? Football or somewhere? I don't know. No. No, and, basketball. And, and moreover, if somebody takes a job away from you, if, if an employer decides to withhold a job from you, it is not coercion. This is another thing I was saying out on Twitter yesterday. I'm saying all these people who are not hiring me as a full-time talk radio host right mm-hmm. now and paying me the big bucks, they are censoring me. You know, if Marvel and DC never end up publishing Pigmen, that's right. That's censorship. It's censorship. Oh man, it. what the hell is this? <laughs> uh, you know, but also this one thing—they're making this guy out to be a hero and a martyr. And would you want to align with this guy as your hero? I mean, think about that. I mean, the guy's intolerant, and they're saying A and E and the others were intolerant. Your your hero was intolerant. I mean, he was. He said basically, if you're not a Christian, you're this. And if you're not this, if you're not that, and this is their hero. This is who they align with. This is who they throw in with. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I don't know. I think better of these people. I think they're far better than, than this duck guy. Yeah, they want tolerance for intolerance. And that's yeah. very typical of religious oh, people yeah. because Muslims also. And Absolutely. we'll talk about that next time. And notice also there's a euphemism right. going on. Even Ted Cruz and Mark were saying, uh, this guy's being attacked for his belief system. For, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Mm-hmm. He, that's a euphemism to what he said. He said some nasty stuff and they wouldn't utter it like we did on the show. They wouldn't say what he said. You know, that's telling also. Uh, ha, you know, Did you notice I had you read it? Yeah, that's, that's totally <laughs> fine. But I don't mind that. But what I'm saying is Levin should say, here's what he said, and then answer it. Instead, I wouldn't say it's crude. That's not good enough. I mean, lay it on the table. Say this is what it was. This is what, it is. This is what it's based on. I mean, there, there's it's not just some belief there, that it has. There's two points. I think that there is a valid business reason for A&E to have done what it did. Yeah. Even if there wasn't, A&E would have the right to do it, and doing it is not censorship. It is not coercion. There is a difference between economic power and political power. As Daniel here in the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio is saying, he says, it just so happens that discontinuing a voluntary relationship is not an initiation of force. (laughs) That's right. It's well put. Imagine that, right? And he says it's the same error that people are committing when they talk about the so-called coercive television commercials. You know... That made me think of something right now. I have had people write to me. I forget who it was. Somebody wrote me via Facebook or Twitter or something and said, the MacBook Pro is coming out tomorrow or something, or maybe it's today. I can't remember. I'm not in the market for a computer, not a computer. You know, tell me something small like an iPhone. Okay, maybe my budget can handle that. But this idea that with the big health insurance bills I'm having in the coming year that I'm going to do that. But, you know, Apple, Apple is coercive, dangling in front of you the latest technology in laptops. You are forced to buy it. It's like Obamacare. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Same thing. Apple, Obamacare. That's right. Robert's right, by the way. 
Robert NYC, oh, he's so sweet. Uh, he says, imagine how much healthier the culture would be if Amy had a radio show paying big bucks and Bosch had to choose between Marvel and DC. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be fabulous. That would be so, so That good. would be a healthy world. It would be. Anyway, oh my gosh. What do we have here? So we've got the point about A&E mm-hmm. business-wise. We've got the point about coercion. Right. It is not coercion. It's not coercion. It's not censorship. It's not. You know, in, in terms of the family themselves and their official reaction, I would say it, it's fairly predictable. So they, some lawyers got together and put this out there, I guess? You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they've got on-call lawyers all the time, but they're thanking their fans for their prayers and support. You can find the link to this over at my blog at don'tletitgo.com, by the way. Um, the family's been praying since learning of A&E's decision, et cetera. And they said, we are a family rooted in our faith in God and the belief in the Bible. You know, they're, they're using this yeah. as right. an opportunity to proselytize. And are they saying what he says? Or are they saying, look, well, this is what he said? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because well, this is what they said. They, they admitted that some of his comments were coarse. They say his beliefs are grounded in the teachings of the Bible. And, of course, that's true. He's a godly man, and he follows the Bible and the blah, blah, blah. But what they're saying is they say, we cannot imagine the show going forward without our patriarch at the helm. Yeah, they're uh, So they're laying down, basically. They're saying if you get rid of him, you're going to get rid of our 14 million viewer per week show. Which they have the right to do. Of course. And I can't right? believe... they, they, they don't have to stay there and do the show without him. Of course not. So just as much as they have a right to do that. And, and if you listen to the interview with Phil himself, I don't know how about how the rest of the family actually feels. They probably had to have a vote amongst all these people and do a majority rule thing. Cause I'm I assuming bet, he, has, I bet he has a big family, there. though, right? He has a big family. Are there any homosexuals in the family? Any open ones? I mean, <laughs> probably no open ones. Probably right? no open ones because this guy. But... You know, I, from what you understand from his interview, he already had the idea in his mind that this show was going to end at some point and that they were going to go on and do other things. And really, he's got enough money to live the rest of his life, and he's already getting hired to do speaking engagements. Hmm. If this guy shows up for a speaking engagement, that GQ article said, 20,000 people show up when he goes to speak. So imagine the speaking fees he can get. He doesn't need this show because his primary motivation is to proselytize. Yes, to spread the And gospel. he's got the platform now. Some people are saying this might have been a publicity stunt. Possibly. Maybe he knew. If in I order say this, to knock be me able out, to then proselytize. I'll be, then I'll be a martyr to some extent. Uh, Elliot brings up here about the Dana Perino on the five saying the atheists should be basically exiled, that they shouldn't live here. And Greg Gutfeld sitting there and not saying anything about it, even though he has atheist friends. And uh, um, Pendulet called him on it. Do you mind if I say what he called him? Go ahead. He called him a pussy. And he called him every name in the book. It was pretty brutal on his podcast. But uh, that's his friend. He says he is as tiny as anything in this now. But uh, that is intolerant. I mean, uh, I have Christian friends. I never, someone referred to me, you atheist, you know, about this thing. And she uh, blocked me on uh, Facebook. I said, I never call my Christian friends, you Christians, you this, you that. I don't, I don't do that. It's not my style. It's not my language. It seems to be a lot more intolerance coming from them than from us to them. It's just, I mean, there's a small minority, I guess, of uh, I think atheists. I think that there are a lot of uh, conservative Christians now 
who, because of the upsurge of the Tea Party and the, the fact that people are getting sick of big government, they sense that yeah. they're going to be in power yeah. again. There's an opening. And they take that as a mandate for the religious part yeah. of what they are pushing Absolutely. for. And they don't, they don't realize that the only mandate that exists out there right now is for a reduction in the size of government and the scope of government, and that's it. That's it. There's not, there's I have not a mandate one, for I have that this stuff. one poster. It's Tea Party or Tea Party, and one of the T's in the Tea Party is, is a cross. And uh, that, has to be, that has to be really put down quick because this is not about religion. It's about big government taking it on, uh, rolling it back. That's what this is about. It's, it is, it is uh, it's secular. Let's, let's back up to Gutfeld for a second. Yeah. If you remember last week, I think it was in last week's show that we did a little bit of analysis of the Lessons in Lockstep right, essay that right, he wrote. Right. And he was basically saying that if you give yourself the standing order to adhere 100% to an ideology, then that's going to prevent you from seeing the truth, from acting just. And and he was remorseful over the fact that he hadn't been in Nelson Mandela's camp, which I thought... In a Comrade Mandela? Yeah, Comrade Comrade Mandela, Mandela, that's right. So that's what that was about. But think about this. Well, well, he he was pressured in order to honor Mandela. So he said, "Mm, I feel bad that now... Because now he's pressured to honor him because Fox had to honor him. Quick right, argument. but but imagine how how hypocritical it is for him to yeah. not challenge his friend yes. Dana Perino. Right, right there, and you know what he told Pendulette because Pendulette invited him on the show to basically get a lashing, and he refused. He goes, "I love Dana; she's a great friend." So what? So right, what? Right. So so she's wrong. He said. I, he just said, "I love you, Dana, but you are dead wrong." So in, as in, atheist friends, yeah, and and in lessons in lockstep. He is coming out as the advocate for objectivity. That's right. And objectivity will require that you sometimes depart from the ideology that you say you're belonging to, you know, this group that adheres to an ideology. Why? Because you see the facts, the real facts out there in the world, and and you change your mind, and this is all good, and this is how to be objective. But then when he loves his friend, that all goes out the window. So ideology, no. Love for a friend, Yes. Uh, exactly right. And it trumps it. And, there, and there's a whole and, and, different... And, and obviously, we, I mean, we as objectivists, when we realize what an ideology is, that an ideology doesn't mean that you are Locked strapped yeah. to ignore the facts. I mean, I mean, within the next uh, half hour, I'm going to uh, debate with your own about this issue that I think is important, that, that I, I think many objectivists think is important. And we're not going to bypass, well, you know... N- n- well, I'm not, no, not going to not and, have and the, the debate premise, because And the premise I, is, I is that the true answer is based on the facts. Yeah. And there are reasonable people within the philosophy disagreeing about something. So this can happen within a philosophy that is based in objective reality, yeah. in reality. We both so so this, this idea that any ideology that you adhere to is going to steer you the wrong way sometimes is wrong yeah. if you have this true ideology. But, and that's something but, that he but was think in. about this. So, so where are you more prone to make an error by adhering 100% to an ideology or adhering 100% to a person yes. whom you love, people who often hold contradictory yes. philosophies, and who as they, Perino does. who they disagree with on certain things. But we've known that he will say certain things and, and not say certain things, on the, depending. And, and as Pendulette said, it's basically to cash that check at the bank. <laughs> I mean, that's what it comes down to. Right, right. And it's very possible. Uh, 
Yeah. I'm, I'm liking this from Elliot here yeah. in the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio. He says that on Red Eye a couple nights ago, the most stirring condemnation against Gutfeld on the NSA came from, huh. believe it or not, Tucker Carlson. Nice. It was epic. Nice. I'm hoping that, that Tucker Carlson read my piece, but I don't know how much influence my piece had, by the way. Uh, just a side note, I do have it in the program notes over at the blog, don'tletitgo.com, a link to Don't Tread on My Metadata, which is my article. And then also Bosch has a new piece at PJ Media this week, which is called 10 Truths Mainstream Comic Books Evade to Promote Muslim Superheroes. Go check both of those out. Nice. Read them, comment on them yeah. for us. Those are like your Christmas presents to <laughs> us if you go over there and read and nice. comment on those pieces and maybe help share them out to the world. That would be great. Robert's right here. He says, Gutfeld assumes he's the heir apparent to Andrew Breitbart uh, to, to his comical debunking of leftists, but he doesn't have a fresh and liqueurs that Breitbart had. Absolutely true. Breitbart dove into anything and everything and went all out to, to, to the limit of intelligence. Even sometimes he went further than, than, than he ought to have, but still he was willing to go places that are pretty dangerous. And uh, Gutfeld plays it. You know, very, very safe. Can you imagine Breitbart against the NSA? Oh, yeah. Breitbart Absolutely. didn't even see all the Snowden Absolutely. revelations. That would have been wonderful. Absolutely, it would yeah. have been. And whereas uh, Gutfeld praised the NSA. That's shocking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really shocking. Because I think, and again, the NSA crap began with Bush. His great friend, Dana Perino, was a Bush hack. And therefore, he's lockstep with the Bush hacks on, uh, on Fox, which is sad. Oh, yeah. No, she, she was never that way before. No, and I think the longer he's been there, kind of the more yeah. lockstep with them that he's gotten. So it's like yeah. lessons in lockstep. Okay, so speaking of people who disappoint us, we get to talk about Ted Cruz, yeah. his Facebook status on A&E's decision to suspend Phil Robertson. Again, I was disappointed by the number of people out there who associated the terms free speech and censorship with what Phil Robertson was doing in A&E's reaction, as if A&E was infringing on his free speech rights by choosing to no longer employ him or suspend him for this. And here is Ted Cruz. He hi, hi, uh, excuse me, headlines, highlights, <laughs> headlines, his little kind of ditty here called Free Speech Matters. We didn't know that until he wrote that. Free Speech Matters. He says, the reason that so many Americans love Duck Dynasty is because it represents the America usually ignored or mocked by liberal elites. A family that loves and cares for each other, believes in God, and speaks openly about their faith. They say, if you be- and he says, this is Ted Cruz, if you believe in free speech or religious liberty... You should be deeply dismayed over the treatment of Phil Robertson. Phil expressed his personal views and his own religious faith. For that, he was suspended from his job. In a free society, anyone is free to disagree with him, but the mainstream media should not behave as the thought police censoring the views with which they disagree. Ugh. End quote. Did he quote Actually, his... the ugh wasn't part of the quote. That was after. <laughs> Did he quote, quote his, uh, his, his particular thing or no? Uh, he didn't quote the particular thing, no. Of course and, and, and this is the thing. I would think that Ted Cruz should be made to read out loud yes. what Ro- Robertson and, said. And Mark Levin and, and as well. Then, and then defend it. And then, then defend, defend it. it. And say, look, this, I, will, I will defend this. And I, say that there's I'll... no reasonable way that these people exactly should have right. suspended him? Come on. Now, if, I mean, if, if Mark Levin had a guest, and this is a fact, I think, if he had him as a guest, he probably would have knocked him off the show. He probably would have. Said, you know, just told his producer, get him off, you know, uh, to silence him. I think he would have done that because he's done it before with certain people who go certain ways. And 
that that he doesn't repeat what he said because he finds it too coarse. That that tells you something also that he takes exception to it as well. If he was the boss at A A and E, who knows? Maybe he would have fired him himself. But still, he does not make it an issue of that. He he still pretends it's an issue of free speech and about censorship and all that when it's not. No, and this is very disappointing coming from Ted yes. Cruz, who is supposed to be a scholar of Constitution. Yes. He was supposed to be what the smartest student that Dershowitz yeah. said yeah. he ever had at Harvard. Yeah. He knows better than to use the word censor. Now, he might say, oh, well, I'm using the term censoring in a way of just expressing disapproval. Um, but this idea, he's basically saying that they should not fire him. Um, he uses the word thought police. He brings mm. in the term police. So he is playing into the people who call this censorship. He should be very clear about A&E having the perfect right to do this, and he could express yes, disapproval. He could and um, should say that, and he knows better. You know, Bobby Jindal was out there yeah. yesterday, and I don't care for him particularly. Not I'm not that impressed with him. I was I was more impressed with Cruz, and I'm probably still going to be more impressed with Cruz. Yeah, I mean, look, Cruz is the Christian best of the worst. Yeah. But Jindal was out there saying, well, what does our society come to when Miley Cyrus gets a bunch of laughs and this guy gets suspended. And I think, okay, that's true. But now, first of all, Miley Cyrus wasn't employed by any particular entity. And she got a bunch of laughs? I don't get that. For her thing. Now, she did get condemned, actually, yeah. for what she did. Yeah, so she, I, don't, I don't think that's right. She's called low life. But, but, you know, if, if Cruz had made comments like that and say, okay, you know, let's look at the reaction of Miley Cyrus. Let's look at the reaction to Bashir versus Yeah, and this, also, and also say, you know? tell, say, Ted Cruz, do you agree with him? Would you say the same thing? Do you believe the same thing? Would you utter what he said? Would you say that? And he'd have to say probably, no, I wouldn't say that. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's beyond the pale. It's like, oh, okay. So you understand that A&E has their reason. But they want to take that out of the equation. They just want to turn it into something that it's not. Yeah. Religious persecution. That's, that, that's what they want to turn it into. Yeah. And they shouldn't be allowed to do that. You're, you're against free speech or religious liberty if you think it's okay for A&E to fire him. No. You know, so he, you know, using free speech, using the term religious liberty, I mean, talking he's about meat out there. thought police. He's throwing red meat out there to his, to his crew. Yes. Yeah. And, and the type of people that he's throwing the red meat to were the ones that I saw yeah. really active out on Facebook and other social media yesterday just mindlessly in yeah. favor of this Phil Robertson. Forget the fact that what he said was crude and yeah. tasteless. Yeah. No acknowledgement of that. No. That basically A&E is unfairly censoring him. He should sue them. And this idea that uh, we can say whatever, you know, we can say whatever. Yes, we can. We, who doesn't say that in this country, that we can say whatever we want? That's not the point. It's the consequences of our speech sometimes. Gene uh, Nelly, I think, Gene Nelly in the, in the chat room says, free speech doesn't mean yeah. that you need to provide a platform for your opponents. Yes. That is a policy of suicide. Yeah, yes. like, like allowing Ahmadinejad to uh, Columbia University to spew his, his crap there from Columbia. He's trashing America, trashing Israel, this and that. So. Yeah, and, you know, and this is what I'm saying out there on Twitter. I'm saying, okay, all of you who agree, uh, you know, disagree with my view on what constitutes censorship and what con doesn't constitute censorship. Because I was having this debate with people, they they oh, it's just semantics. Yeah, they say. Look again, you know, they they no, need to nothing, believe. Nothing is black and white. They say, and and I say no. There is a value to separating a term that we use for the actions of government mm -hmm. censorship. There's a clear distinction. A clear versus separation. the actions of an employer 
you say freedom of association, they would say we have the freedom to either employ or not employ people based on the way that they express their views out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll say you can express whatever view you want as, as long as you do it respectfully and tastefully. Right. That might be their policy. I don't know what their policy Maybe is. Maybe he just said, I disagree with homosexuality and I don't practice it and whatever, this and that. And, you know, that's one thing. But when the, the way he says it, crude, descriptive, unnecessary. But again, he, of course he has a right to say it. It's not the point. Again, right. it's never the point. Right. It's what's the consequences and what is his employer? Yeah. What, 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 what do they think about what he said? And, and again, if, it, if an employer fires you, suspends you, that is not an initiation of force. No. Censorship involves an initiation of force by government. No. And it is government using force to prevent you from speaking your message. That's what censorship is. We don't have a whole lot of that here in this country yet, thankfully. We do have some. And I think the recent example that I would give is the IRS scandal right. where they're it, you know, investigating people who claim 501c4 status, yep. that's censorship. Absolutely They're right. saying, oh, well, the government you, is you know, particularly down. targeting Tea Party Tea groups Party. and things. That is government using its power, its so-called power to tax, which means steal money out of your wallet, using that power, hanging it over your head, and getting you to craft your message accordingly. That would be an example of, of censorship. Also, this other critical argument that they make, millions of people watch that show. That's an argument? Yeah. That's an argument? So what he says, <laughs> what, what, what he says is popular, that's, and so therefore so, he know, should be able to do whatever he wants. A majority and, yeah. of Americans are Christian. And, it's, and, and you're supposed to be stopped cold by the argument. Right. You say, and? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go on, please, because you haven't sold me yet. It's, I mean, it's a democracy, A&E. Didn't you know that? Yeah. Everybody should just right. be able to vote, and then A&E has to do whatever. And if A&E doesn't hire me and have a pigman, you know, show with me, I mean, come on. It's censorship. I mean, that's it. it definitely you is. know. Definitely. You know it. Yeah, so people here in the chat room are still talking about this over at Blog Talk Radio. Uh, it wasn't wrong because it was against an anti-gay person. Yeah, for them, that's, that's their thing. Um, but... Yeah, uh, Rand Paul, they're saying, oh, the civil rights back. Oh, I'm getting lost in their discussion. They're having a discussion that's on a a different level than what we're doing here, Bosch, I'm afraid. (sighs) Really, the right to free speech, which is protected by the First Amendment, means that you have the right to be free from government coercion. This is what I wrote on Facebook You have the right to not be fired. Yeah, it means that the government will not prevent you from expressing your views. It doesn't mean that private companies must continue to employ you even if, in their opinion, you are saying things that will lose them, customers, viewers, et cetera. Free speech means free of consequence, right? That's what it means, right? Isn't that yeah. the thing? Yeah, and, and, and what I say here is I said, I wish that Ted Cruz was smarter about this, that he could separate well, he knows. his views. He knows, but he's deliberately, strategically not mentioned those things. He knows better. He knows better than this, which is ugly, because he's saying, you know what? I'm going to keep that main argument that I would use against as a lawyer keep that out because I want to throw some red meat, which is disappointing to hell. So you think he purposely Absolutely. threw it out there as red Abs- meat? He knows better than, uh, than, than, a lot, than, than a lot of people on this thing. He's a lawyer. Now, listen, he, he's arguing in front of the, uh, in front of the uh, Supreme Court. So li- listen to this comment from Zach over here at my Facebook page. He says, maybe Cruz could educate the populace yeah, but he, and actually separate the two <sighs> issues. You know, that would have been great. The, but, but the wisdom didn't. of the decision, whether he yeah. agrees with the decision versus the right to make the decision. Maybe Cruz could have done that. He says, but that's difficult over social media. 
He says, America has become dumb and lacks nuance. As a people, we aren't children of the Enlightenment anymore. The successful politicians are simply a reflection of what we already fear about our culture. We are freaking doomed. And he puts WFD. Well, <laughs> that's it? I, mean, I think that if, I'm gonna flip my if, wrist now. if I worked for Ted Cruz... And Ted Cruz, you know, you're censoring me by not hiring oh. me, by the way. I just thought I'd tell you that. Uh, if I worked for Ted Cruz, I could help him craft a message in which he expressed disagreement yes. di- disagreement with the wisdom of the suspension. that he, And with the comments. Yeah. He could express that he happens to like this family and I what they stand for, but separate it from A&E's right to hire whomever they choose. Right. But... And he could do that. And my point that I made yesterday here on Facebook is, look, I was debating this on Twitter, 140 or fewer characters. If I can draw a distinction between censorship, which is the government initiation of force, out on Twitter, you know, between that and what... You can't blame the dumb populace, quote-unquote, the dumb populace, you know, for him. Look, he wrote a few paragraphs there. He could have written that in there. And I know, just knowing him, he's a a smart guy. He's well-educated. He chose to not mention those crucial crucial points yeah because that would undercut his point here which is to, to, to throw red meat to the crowd uh because he hasn't had any uh you know popular i mean since the uh defunding thing what's been going on with Cruz, he can't battle anymore he can't have these full bars because they they blocked him now with a harry reed so i guess he has to to uh, settle for these right which is ugly i'm going to read a comment that i got actually on the don't let it go on her page about this same statement of Ted Cruz. Let me see if I can find it because I have to scroll down. I've been posting like a fiend today. Uh, and one of the things that I posted about was... On oh, News Sandwich. News Sandwich. So you can check that out. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I said that I was very disappointed, of course, to see Ted Cruz invokes free speech, etc. And, oh, was it here? Or what did I get... Uh, I must have gotten Deborah's comment someplace else. I'm getting lost. I want to read Deborah's comment, though, because I thought it was excellent. So let me go back to my page. Maybe I should go to my notifications. <laughs> See all. Okay. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Where's Deborah? Do you see her? She was from early this morning. Keep going. I'm Since. sorry, everyone. No, it was early this morning, so it should have been here. Nope. Anyway, um, that's fine. Yeah, I'm gonna. I want to find it because What's going ba- basically the point that she was making, and I, and one? yeah, see if you can okay. find it. The point that she was making was that if we call censorship private action, that we lose the distinction, and if we call it censorship, it makes it sound like there's a rights violation going on here. If we say A and E censored Phil Robertson by suspending him, that was censorship. Right. If we say that. It sounds like we're naming a rights violation and that we're therefore calling for some sort of government action in response. And what would the government action in response be? Force A&E to continue to fund him? That would be censorship. Yeah. Right? That would be censorship. So we, I think we have to be very distinct with our terms. We have to make sure that we preserve the term censorship as it means to apply to a government initiation of force that prevents you from communicating your message in order to prevent censorship from ever happening. And that was really the point that she made, but I'm sure she made it a bit more eloquently than I did right there. So thanks, Deborah, for commenting, and I'm uh, 
sad that I did. Robert NYC is referring people to Ayn Rand's censorship local and yeah. express. Exactly. Def- definitely need to keep that distinction. So let me go back over to my blog and let's get on to our next topics. Again, don'tletitgo.com is where you can find all the program notes for the show. All you do is you scroll down on the post for today's show and you'll see the links to all the stories. Lightbulb Band New Sandwich is next on our agenda. And the reason... Wait, the Lightbulb Band, your new sandwich? Is that, <laughs> is that what you A Lightbulb Band... That's a noun pileup huh. if I've ever heard one, right? Lightbulb Band News Sandwich. A four-noun pileup name to a post. A light bulb went off in someone's head and said, uh, government, hey, ban New Sandwich. Anyway, go on. And again, newsandwich.net is my blog where I try to make the bad news that's out there every single day it's more good, palatable. The catchphrase is good news bad, than bad news than good news. And there's a song that uh, you two wrote, uh, Two Shots of Happy, One Shot of Sad, which could be like a theme song. That could be the theme yeah, song? Exactly. So could I do one? Remember when all blogs were really cheesy like this? And whenever you went to visit a blog, a stupid Some, music yeah, would play in the background. Can thing, I yeah. do cheese and do that? <laughs> I, like guess so. that I guess so. Or yeah. just have them Actually, isn't Two Shots it. of Happy, One Shot of Sad a cover tune for somebody else's song? No. It's, it sounds it, like a, it's a song that Bono, Yeah, it's a song that Bono wrote for Sinatra. Okay. For his birthday, 80th okay, birthday. Okay, okay. And he sang it in front of him for a gift. It was great. Excellent. Yeah. I, so I think I need that. I, I don't. So. I don't know if my WordPress blog will allow right. for that, but let's go ahead and do Maybe it. Maybe give, give uh, readers the option to, to listen to it. So the, so the good news here is the fact that 72% in a recent Gallup poll have said that big government, as opposed to either big business or big labor, is the biggest threat yep. to the country in the future. Yep. And the point here, and I don't know if That's everybody, important. I don't know if all those 72% realize this, to the extent that Ayn Rand did, but Ayn Rand knew decades ago, and she wrote in her essay, Man's Rights and the Nature of Government, uh, actually two different essays, but Man's Rights is where this is from. Potentially, she said, a government is the most dangerous threat to man's rights. It holds a legal monopoly on the use of physical force against legally disarmed victims. End quote. And I'm going to stop right there because, again, if you go to the Ace of Spades blog, Mm -hmm. he was trying to make the point that the stuff that companies do is just as dangerous or maybe even more dangerous than what government does. Mm. And that's just not the case because we are legally disarmed vis-a-vis the government, whereas we have recourse against private actors like companies. And in any event, if they choose to fire you, that is not an initiation of force. Mm. So, again, I think it's dangerous and sloppy to use throw these terms censor around and not be very precise as to what you mean. Also, one thing I have to add, uh, this idea that A&E is being anti-Christian, right? They have had this show on for about four years, mm-hmm. if not four I years. I think it's the fifth season or something, yeah. That's a long time for an, an anti-Christian company to have a Christian show on, a show dominated by Christianity, meaning they're not anti-Christian enough. Yep. It's the fifth season, and we're totally ignorant of it, but yeah. that's another story for another day. So, you know, what is it that is making people wake up to the fact that the government is the biggest threat in the future. And, you know, you could say it's Obamacare, and I called it the glitch-ridden Obamacare takeover of the healthcare industry, and especially the creepy suggestions recently that they are going to, you know, have us discuss Obamacare with our families during the holiday gatherings, etc. But what about 
evidence that they are just micromanaging every part of our lives, that they are initiating force in such a way as to control more and more aspects of our lives as the year go on. And I gave the example of the ban on incandescent light bulbs. I didn't know that the lower wattage bulbs were also going to be banned. And then recently I read, and I, I think I leaked to the Daily Mail UK story about this, as of January 1st, even those 40 and 60 watt bulbs are going to be banned. It's going to be illegal, quoting from the article. Uh, it's going to be illegal for American businesses to either manufacture or import the old style bulbs, end quote. No manufacturing, no importing. And I read people on Facebook saying, oh, I'm stocking up on the bulbs, and I guess I'm going to have to go to Home Depot because I went over to Amazon, and I placed an order for a bunch of these 40-watt bulbs. I like to use these round glow bulbs on the top of this mirror that I have in the bathroom. Simple enough. I'd like to have a nice quality of light in there if you're putting on makeup and you want to know what you actually look like and maybe not be horrified by some fluorescent yuck. You want to have these beautiful bulbs. So I ordered a bunch, clicked place order, thought, okay, that's done. I'll be stocked up on the bulbs. And then today, this morning, I get this email. They say, hello, due to a lack of availability, we will not be able to obtain the following items. And it's the 40-watt light bulbs that I ordered. Uh, they've canceled them. They're going to give me a refund Blah, blah, blah. Just a reminder, we have George W. Bush to thank for this. I mean, everybody thinks all I do is bash Obama, but it's certainly not just Obama. George W. Bush, I think in 2007, said the article over at the Daily Mail UK. He signed this into law, and we have him to thank for it. But I always try to end these on good news, and so the good news is that we have somebody willing to do the legwork and figure out whether any of the legal alternatives available to these incandescent bulbs will have a hope of offering the same quality of light. And Stephen Green, Vodka Pundit, is just that person. He does a lot of legwork for all of us and shares it over at the blog. He found a, a, one brand. There was one brand of LED bulbs that he thought offered comparable light. And, you know, I, this is a consolation prize because the government's still forcing us and they're saying you can no longer buy these bulbs that you like. Apparently, you're going to save money on your electric bill, if that's any consolation. But go read his blog post. You can find the link at my news sandwich, but it's over on his Vodka Pundit blog over at PJ Media. So recommended. Anybody in the chat room stock up on bulbs? Oh, I don't see anyone talking about this. Yeah, Matt says this is a perfect concrete. I mean, come on. Government has to have a hand in what sort of light bulbs we buy in our home. If it's really true... If it's really true, as Vodka Pundit says, and he, and he says it's true, that these LED bulbs, although more expensive to purchase, are going to save you a ton on your electric bill, and that some of them have similar quality to the, uh, you know, to the incandescent bulbs, if that's really true, let the free market sort it out, and people will naturally go over to these bulbs. Apparently, the EPA's problem with the incandescent bulb is only 10% of the electricity is converted over to light. The rest of it comes out as heat. And I, like everybody else, I mean, in the winter, I would like a little bit of heat to come from my light bulbs. Just help me out here. But mostly, I don't want added heat just due to a light bulb. I think if there's truly significant, you know, superior alternatives, we're going to adopt them given the choice on the free market. That's what a proper government would do is allow us to do that. Can I just say something that just happened? 
Sure. Um, look, look what site just put the entire post up. Not linking to it. Oh, put no the, way. Yeah, put the entire post up. Okay, we're going to call this lady out yeah, here because uh, I, I do not like her at all. Yeah. You guys might know of Pamela Geller. And she calls her blog, what is it? Atlas At- Shrugs. Atlas yeah. Shrugs. Is it atlasshrugs.com or yep. something Atlas more? Shrugs. Atlas Shrugs. That's what she calls it. And she gets a whole lot of spillover traffic simply Thousands. because people are Googling Atlas Shrugs. So that's her first instance, I say, of, yep. of mooching off of other people, stealing from others' achievements. She and does she that. has, in the past, uh, put entire articles Paid, that are usually paid for by sub, by subscribers on her site because quote unquote it's just too good not to share. And now she takes my PJ Media piece and doesn't link to it, doesn't excerpt a little. She puts the entire piece on her site. So the P, entire piece. So PJ Media, who commissions the piece from Bosch, pays him piece, to too. do it. She copies the entire piece and puts it on her blog. Shame on her. Absolutely, it's ridiculous. I'm you gonna, are, you, woman. You are. You are no fan of Ayn Rand. You. You. Anti. You. Property. You disgrace objectivism by doing this crap. I'm. I'm. You know. She. I. I she's done it in the past to Rob Trusinski, and yes, I'm not a huge did. fan of Rob Trusinski, but I think it is wrong for her to say, "Oh, you know, yes, I know Rob Trusinski's articles are offered by subscription, but it's just too good not to share." I don't care how brave she is in the fight against jihad, no. if she steals in the way that she does. No. You, you have to admire her out of, out of context. Say, well, she's good in this, but fundamentally, she's anti-intellectual property. What the hell does that say about her? And what does that say about her motives for, doing, for engaging in this battle against evil? I don't know. In the chat room, Elliot says, Pam Geller, yuck. Now, some people think she's yucky for other reasons, but for me, the biggest thing, and again, I was introduced to her by the fact that she used Atlas Shrugs as the name for her blog. When she says very, very little about Ayn Rand, she says a little bit here and there, she actually will use quotations from Ayn Rand and deliver them as if they are her own without attribution. I've seen her do that as well. She is such a phony. Oh, that's that's terrible. That is is really terrible. Fundamentally Christian, is she Christian? I don't know. I don't know what she is. I don't know. She's she's an intellectual property theft, that's all I know. Thief. Theft. Thiefed. Thief. <laughs> I lost my grammar due to this. What else have we got over here that I need to talk about before we get joined by your own? Your own Brooke is gonna call in just a few minutes here. Iran nuke deal quietly collapses. You've heard of this yes. story, I'm sure, right? I don't know what it was. You know, I actually heard something like we initiated some sort of action that caused Iran to then walk away from the table, that we were doing something. We were initiating some further strong sanctions or something. So why did Kerry go over there and say, oh, we're going to lift sanctions? And then days later, there was talk about strengthening sanctions, and then they walk away from the table. Anyway, that whole deal that they made such a big thing about, they patted themselves on the back for it is collapsing, and what um, Ted Cruz, and you know, here we're going to give him a little kudos, he is actually proposing a piece of legislation. He's gone across the aisle, so to speak. I guess he's gotten 13 Democrats or so to sign on to this. There is a Senate bill called the Nuclear Weapon-Free uh, Iran, so Nuclear Weapon-Free Iran Act of 2013, 
and he says, the single most important thing Congress can do to defend the national security interests of the United States is send a clear and unequivocal message that we will not tolerate a nuclear-armed Iran that would pose an existential threat to our nation, the state of Israel, and our Gulf allies in the region. He says, the United States must lead the international community to ensure the most dangerous regime in the world does not possess the world's most dangerous weapon. And he goes on, he says, he's got the bipartisan group. Uh, there's a deal that if it's implemented, it would represent a material degradation of Iran's nuclear activities, blah, blah, blah. My guess is this is not good enough. Um, you know, right. he's talking about stopping this and doing that. Why even make a deal with Iran? In the first place, why even propose a deal with them? I don't know why. Can you deal with them? I mean, look how Ch Chamberlain dealt with uh, Hitler. Look how England dealt with Hitler. World War II, what happened? Right. It says that they're not only looking at degrading Iran's nuclear activities. We don't know exactly to what extent. It says that it all, the resolution also raises the important issue of Iran's ballistic missile program because they want to, of course, arm those intercontinental ballistic missiles with the nuclear warheads. He says that issue is lamentably absent from the joint plan of action that they had back on November 24th. And he says that Harry Reid should, you know, bring this before the Senate. And um, well, 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 he's been hospitalized, Harry Reid. He's fine. Did you did you see the headline? No. Yeah. I actually looked at the story. Apparently, he's fine. It was just a, a false alarm yeah. of some kind. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, he wants to be the head of the Senate until yeah, as if it's 2021. His, about, as if it's his choice. Yeah. You know I mean, talk about getting rigged elections. He, you know, we should we should instruct the Treasury Department to increase its efforts to designate Iranian individuals and companies associated with the nuclear program. Blah 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 blah. So he's talking about sanctions. A resolution, dealing with them, all this kind of thing. We are at the top of the hour. I can't believe we our first hour is gone, Bosch. What did we miss from the first hour here that we did not get to that people are going to have to go check out at the blog? Uh, we got Cruz's statement. Uh, White House to give a new option for people who had their health plans canceled. As I understand it, this is the 14th rewriting of Obamacare, where Obamacare is just written on the fly, written basically from the podium as Obama gives a press conference. So go check out that story at don'tletitgo.com in the program notes. And I have a story here on Chris Christie, just because at the top of the hour, we often I just have ate to something. talk about Chris Christie. I just ate something, literally, a few blueberries. And you're not sharing. No, what I'm That's saying so is mean. You, I, knew, I knew you were going to mention Chris Christie, a.k.a. Eat or Eating. Christie plans to have a private signing of the legislation that would give free tuition to illegal immigrants. Signing? Yes, yes. It says New Jersey. Will it, will it be at a private dinner or a few dinners, I guess he'll spare it out? I, I think the reason he wants the private signing is that he knows oh, yeah. that this is basically oh, yeah. going against the conservative and going against philosophy his own. that he pr proposes to, uh, that he pretends to adhere to. It says that he's planning a private signing and a later public ceremony for a bill to lower tuition costs for students who entered the United States illegally. Don't you love that euphemism? <laughs> Lower tuition costs. Yes. Um, pay for free education <laughs> right. for right. students who entered the United States illegally. So basically steal from yes. citizens who yes. are paying their taxes, give the money to people who entered the United States illegally so that they can have a free education. Right. That's what they're doing. I mean, it's just terrible. 
We have on hold now your own Brooke. He is the president and executive director of the Ayn Rand Institute. Let's see if we can get him on here. Hi, is that you, your own? It is. Hey, your own. Welcome. Can you hear me? Well, yeah, we can. We can both hear you. Okay. And Good. so, are, are we ready now for the epic smackdown? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's smacking whom down? Well, let's see. Well, I mean that that remains to be seen, right? But we had arranged a couple months ago, and I think Yaron said yesterday on Twitter that he, he'd rather talk about baseball than what we're going to talk about today. So I'd I have, rather talk about comic books myself. But. I have to especially thank Yaron for coming on today, and we need to give an extra plug for his book, Free Market Revolution, which you can read more about at capitalism.einrand.org. Capitalism.einrand.org. Go check out his blog and read about the book and buy the book. Probably not too late for a Christmas present. Amazon will deliver it right on time. Oh, you can so, get an iBook. You can you can gift what? it through iBooks or Audio gift books. it through Kindle. Perfect, instantaneous yeah. gift. So the very last minute or gift. The drones drop it. Drones are going to drop it off. No, that's uh, not yeah, legal yet because of our government. Okay, so what we're talking about in this second hour is we are talking about the terminology that we should use to refer to our enemy and his ideology. So, for example, people will say it's not Islam that's the problem, it's Islamism, it's radical Islam, it's totalitarian Islam. There's a lot of different terms that that people use. And similarly, you would refer to the people who are at war with us, influenced by Islam and want to kill us, you would refer to them as Islamists, what, what else would you call them? Uh, Islamic extremists, some uh, call them Islamic fundamentalists, uh, Muslims, um, yeah, all these yeah. different terms. So, so let, me, let me pose a question to you, Yaron, as, as I posed it to Leonard in June when I did that interview with him. So well, the now problem it's is, two against one. I have to debate Leonard here as well. Well, no, I'm just posing the question to you, as I que- and you, you answer it. So I'm just yep. posing it the same way. Yep. So, so, the, so the problem is, of course, that not all Muslims want to kill us. And they make jokes about it on shows. They say such and such attack was just committed by not all Muslims, right? <laughs> because yeah. that, that, that's the joke. But it is true that there's only even maybe a small fraction that want to take overt action motivated by the religion of Islam. And so what do we do to, you know, or, or should we do anything terminology-wise to separate out those people who are going to act according, you know, to the teachings of jihad or whatever, and those people who aren't, because it's, it's a small minority. So what, what is your answer to that? How do you deal with well, referring to well, the issue accurately? I mean, in my view, you need two terms. You need a term that, denigate, denig- uh, that is, in a sense, the broad term that represents Islam, and, and Islam has a long history, it has many people, it has many subcultures, it has many countries that claim to adhere to the Islam, anywhere from northern Nigeria to, you know, to Malaysia and, uh, and um, uh, Indonesia. Uh, and, and it has, and, and it includes uh, Muslims in America, it includes Muslims in Iran, and it includes Muslims everywhere. And that is a that is a broad term, and then then you need a term that re, that refers to those people who have taken their Islamic uh, theology and are using it now 
justly or uh, you know accurately or inaccurately. That's not the point. But they're using it now to justify uh, the imposition of Sharia, the attack on the West, the the wanting to establish a caliphate. Uh, it's a whole sub ideology within the Islamic world that is advocating for these ideas. I call them Islamic totalitarians because I think you have to have Islam in the world, in the, in the concept, because it is clearly motivated by Islam. But it is those people who want to use Islam for totalitarian means. And so I think Islamic totalitarianism, which is, I think, a, a term that uh, Peter Schwartz came up with, um, I think it's the right term to use, you know, to identify them. And, and for short, you know, Islamism or something like that. You know, there's a number of different terms you can use if you want to shorten it. But Islamic totalitarianism, to me, strikes it. And, it's, and I think it's crucial, not crucial in terms of offending anybody. I don't really care who I offend. Um, in terms of our own cognitive ability to identify who the enemy is and how we should address that enemy, I think we need two, uh, two concepts so that we can handle the information better and can, can be, make better plans in, in terms of addressing the enemy. Okay, now let's give Bosch an opportunity to respond. Well, I mean, when it comes, whenever I hear the term uh, Islamic totalitarianism or totalitarian Islam, I always think uh, totalitarian Nazism, you know, totalitarian uh, communism. That's what I hear, because in World War II, we never, ever played games with, a, with, the, with the terminology. Uh, the enemy was, were, were Nazis. Their ideology was Nazism. Uh, communists, communism. Not all Russians were, were communists. Not all Muslims are jihadists. And, and that's fine. But, uh, you know, Islam is, you know, the, uh, the term Islamic totalitarianism, you're implying that Islam is not totalitarian by nature. Just by that term alone, the implication is that, well, Islam as such is not totalitarian, but, but totalitarian Islam is totalitarian. And, you know, totalitarian compared to what? To Islam? You know, the, the term is redundant because Islam is inherently totalitarian, irrespective of the nature of Muslims. Uh, since when do we judge an ideology by its least devout members? You know, when people say, well, not all Muslims are terrorists, yes, but not all Muslims are really Muslim. Not all of them actually adhere to Islam as such, as uh, Muhammad did, as Osama bin Laden. Uh, in terms of also uh, uh, Muslims, um, you know, it's, it's like I was raised uh, Muslim, and I was raised by parents who I guess would be considered quote-unquote moderate Muslims. But even that, even the, the uh, you know the, the moderation is in, in Islam, there's still anti-Semitism. Uh, Hitler was still admired by my European family who came here from a Muslim country to live here. There was still wife beating across the board. What I, what I mean by that is that even uh, uh, the, the least devout Muslims are still poisoned by this ideology to some extent, and uh, it's, it's it's the religion. It's it's what it calls for. It it, it wants to see everyone outside of it as the other as guilty until proven Muslim. And that's why I think there shouldn't be a distinction. I mean, there should be a point where uh, we have to recognize, of course, not all Muslims are terrorists, and that's a fact. I will never argue against that. But uh, what does Islam mean? It means submission, literally. Uh, you know, submission to the will of a, of a malevolent God. And also, you know, it's, it's Islam, not any alleged deviant form of it, means misogyny, censorship, anti-Semitism, homophobia, wife beatings, beheadings, honor killings, pedophilia, quote-unquote child marriage, they, they call it, murdering infidels, 
this is what Islam means, and this is what happens when a Muslim countries actually take hold of the religion, like in Saudi Arabia and Iran. And uh, they, it happens to be that most Islamic countries are at war with us. So would you say there's no extra term such that they, the people who aren't themselves jihadists don't deserve an extra term to okay. say, well, look, they're not committing jihad? I think you mentioned something, or, or, or Leonard did, about the idea that when you have these Muslims, these very, this very small minority of Muslims who are explicitly against jihad and Sharia law, maybe them, I mean, I, I'd call them post-Islamic Muslims, because they have, you know, they have surpassed their own religion. They have, they, they, they have transcended it. Because there are usually Westerners also, usually Westerners, or ones who have come to the West. Uh, but, you know, this guy, Bassam Tibi, who, who's, who's a guy who's against jihad, against Sharia law, but he still recognizes the, the nature of Islam, that, you know, anyone who's outside of it is at war with, with Islam, but by the nature of, of resisting, you know, the submission to, to Islam. So you would, you would say that they have to be explicitly against it in order to get a separate term? Is that the idea? I mean, I wouldn't do that. I still call them Muslims. I mean, they, they want to call them themselves. They call, I mean, how rare is it for a Muslim to call themselves a moderate Muslim, a really moderate Muslim? That's even rare. Uh, the, the non-violent Muslims call themselves Muslims. The violent Muslims call themselves Muslims. But the religion recognizes Osama bin Laden, again, as a great hero. He is the personification of Islam. Well, let's, let's let your own answer, because you've gone on for a bit here. Yeah. So, your own, what do you say to Bosch's view? Well, here? I mean, every religion is barbaric and totalitarian. I mean, uh, the idea, let's take, let's take my favorite, right, Judaism. Every single term, from, from every single term, Judaism is, is consistent with Islam. There's no difference. There's no fundamental difference there. Indeed, if you go to Brooklyn and certain regions of Brooklyn and you, and you look at how the people who dress in black and do all that stuff, how they behave, they don't behave that different than, than, um, than Muslim. But uh, that doesn't mean that, so in its essential, there's no difference between Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. They're all totalitarian. They all dictate how you should live your life. They all are anti uh, reason, values, and so on. They've all gone through uh, periods uh, which have been totalitarian. And yet, just by calling somebody, you know, the fact that the religion as we understand it and as historically understood is that doesn't mean that everybody who adheres to that religion shares that view of that religion. Um, but look, if there were, if there were, if Nazism had been an ideology that had been around for a thousand years, had had multiple variations, had different countries around the world, some living in peace with the United States, some being aggressive towards the United States, some killing Jews, some not killing Jews, and so on, then you would have to have had different terms relating to Nazism because it, it would have been important then to know that you, you know, the people who attacked you with the with the German Nazis and not the I don't know the Croatian Nazis because the Croatian Nazis are, you know so but that that's not the case with Nazism it was one ideology it was represented only by one figure it was represented only in one country and it was had only one manifestation Islam that's just not true of Islam uh, Islam's had golden eras it's had disastrous eras it's had horrible leaders it's had tolerable leaders. It's had a whole variety of different, you know, you don't compare Iran to, to Malaysia, even though Malaysia is considered an, considers itself an Islamic country. But 
you know, life's pretty good in Malaysia, at least for, for many people. You know, we know what the situation is in Iran. Iran's an enemy. Malaysia's not an enemy. Under Mubarak, Egypt wasn't an enemy. Um, and, and Egypt wouldn't be a target for our, our wrath, whereas Iran and Saudi Arabia are, because they're ruled by a particular form of Islam that has a particular agenda. How do we differentiate between Iraq and Iran? Why do we say Iraq shouldn't have been a target after 9-11 and Iran should have been a target after 9-11? Well, because one is a representative of Islamic totalitarianism, the, the beachhead of it, the fountainhead of it. The other is an Islamic country that's basically been secularized, but it's still Muslim. You know, Saddam Hussein still claimed to be a Muslim. He still, you know, he still adhered to Islamic practices. The holidays were Muslim holidays. You have to be able to differentiate otherwise. There's, there's no way in order to, by which you can identify who the enemy is, who do you need to attack. And the fact is, I don't care what Muhammad said. It's irrelevant to me what Islam represents. I don't care one iota what Muslims teach their children. I want to know who are the people who want to kill me, and I want to kill them first, and I want to destroy them first. And, and that is the agenda. So I need, I need cognitively, I need a mechanism to be able to separate Okay, so all Muslims, let's, let's, let's say I agree with Bosch. All Muslims are barbarians. I, I, never, I never said that, ever. I never said that. No, I never even said that, Your own, ever. <laughs> the ideology is barbarian. I know <laughs> I, I have Muslim family members who are not violent, okay. who don't believe this crap, but they never condemn the religion and jihad. They never condemn them at all, which for but, but that no basis... But no Jew condemns... The barbarians in Brooklyn, but if the barbarians in Brooklyn decided to kill somebody because they violated the Sabbath or something, yeah. no, you're not going to blame all Jews. Of it doesn't make not, sense but, but to blame saying, all Jews. You would but blame. Say, okay, but when you say that if they do something barbaric, they haven't. I mean, we don't know. They don't fly planes in the building. Sure, they do. Muslims, no, they haven't done it quite they that bad. They do barbaric stuff every day. Yes, I mean, all religion is irrational ultimately, but Islam happens to be a special case here. And, you know, when the nature of the founder, it is significant, it is important, because they can say, well, I'm doing it, and I'm walking in the footsteps of my prophet Muhammad, I'm cutting heads off. They can do that, literally, Islamically speaking, and there's no peaceful Muslim you know, who can argue against that, literally, they cannot do that. Do you know what Joshua did? I mean, look, wait, I don't want to compare religions and who's more barbaric. I don't want to I mean, But th my well, point is this. It doesn't serve a cognitive purpose. It doesn't serve a strategic purpose to put them all under one category. I want to be able to differentiate. Differentiation is crucial for action. If we're, if, if we're not acting, if we don't care, if it's a problem on the other side of the globe, I don't, it doesn't matter to me, right? Bosch can be right. It doesn't matter to me. But action is necessary. In order to act, I need to be able to have categories that help me pursue action. And it's important for that action that I be able to differentiate two, two categories. Muslims who want to kill me and, and are actively engaged in it, supporting it, promoting it, and Muslims who, are, who don't. It doesn't mean they have to be my friends. It doesn't mean they have to condemn the killing. It just means that they're not a threat to me today in any, way, in any substantial way. And, and I need to be able to differentiate those two, two concepts so that I can take action against the, the, the party that is trying to kill me. So I need two concepts to do that. And if I don't separate it out, this is how we get into, I think, the, the mess that exists out there where we, where we don't clearly identify the enemy. We don't go to war against the right people. We don't condemn 
you know, the, 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 the essential practices, and we get bogged down in terminology. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want clarity. The, the purpose of concept is clarity, and I think here, in order to go to war, you need, you need clarity. And by the way, even with communism, there was some differentiation. Right. I mean, you know, and there was there was there was Maoist communism, and if you remember, Richard Nixon goes to China, and you know, everything's everything's kind of everything's kind of okay, and then there's the there's the Russian version, which is aggressive and and so on, and there was a differentiation: one we were at war with, the other we weren't. Let me let me ask a follow up. First of all, Yaron, I thought your point about the Nazis was was well taken. Um, one of Leonard's concerns was the issue of Christianity, right? So Christianity in Middle Dark Ages, around the time of the Inquisition or the Crusades, uh, that you would not find a substantial minority that would have disagreed with all the things done in the name of Christianity, and he compared that to the era of today. That is a historical example that I don't think that you've addressed. I thought you addressed the, the Nazi example that Leonard used quite well, but what do you think about that one? Well, I mean... I, if you look at the countries around the world that consider themselves Muslim, that, that self-identify qua Muslim, I think it's a tiniest fraction of a minority of those. Well, it's changed over the last few years because of radical you know, totalitarian Islam has come to the forefront. But I think that many of those regimes were not supportive of, um, of bin Laden and not supportive of terrorism against the United States. Uh, many of them indeed helped the United States in trying to track down uh, the bad guys in the days after 9/11 and in the in the years after 9/11, where, whether it was Mubarak's Egypt, or whether it was uh, Assad in Syria, who, who, who helped the CIA in a variety of different ways. Um, so, to me, this is not about again, this is not about uh, a polling how many Muslims are supportive or how many. Not. It's it's a, it's an issue of. People who are actively engaged in this war and people who are not. And I, and I think that it is a, a, a tiny minority of Muslims who are actively engaged in this war and uh, that most Muslims, most Muslims, you know, we can quibble about numbers. But I think that the point is there's a difference. There those who are engaged in the war and those who are not. And I don't care about those who are not. I care about those who are. So one one final question for me, and then uh, whatever uh, Bosch has to add. I'm sorry, but I, I do have these questions. This is a topic that we've been going back and forth about for a long, long time. And I, yeah. I, deba I debated Bosch. At first I, I was on your side of it, your own, and then I've come over more to Bosch's side. But what about not the, the war in terms of taking practical action? What about the cultural war? And what about the problem that if we use certain of these terms – we are implying that there are different ideologies of Islam, where in reality there is not a bunch of different ideologies. So that, you know, you could say that Judaism and Christianity are also radical, but there hasn't been a reformation such that there's a substantial ideology worth giving a whole separate name in Islam. It, there's, just, there's just Islam, and then there's some people who are better, like Zudi Jasser, and who else can you name, Bash? Uh, you said Tibi. Ershad Manji. Yeah. But okay. they're both a mess. But, but, there, but there is no separate, you know, wing of, of Islam, really. There's, yeah, there's people who want to kill us and people who don't, but they just, they take it seriously, they don't. And, and so, there's, a, there's the conceptual clarity it, issue in the so, cultural war. Yeah. 
to call it non-ideological Islam, right? There's, a, there's, there's millions and millions, if not hundreds of millions of Muslims who don't take their religion seriously, but still consider themselves Muslim. Or, or you know, just like, just like I would argue most Christians today are not Christian, most Jews today are not Jews in, in, the, in the full ideological sense of what those terms mean. And uh, it, it, so the, 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 it's not that they're alternative views of Judaism. I mean, it's somewhat, but not intellectually. There's one form of Judaism which most Jews ignore. There's one form of Christianity and which most Christians ignore. They ignore it all the time, you know, pretty much every day. And, and, and the same with Islam. They're, they're, Muslims, they're Muslims who are non-ideological Muslims. But to say that they are the same, which is what you're doing when you use the same term to describe them, that they are the same as uh, the the you know the totalitarians. I think it's just wrong. I think it's 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 again, and I'm more concerned about about how we think about it than whether I insult them or not. But I think for our own clarity, I think we need to identify the fact that they're you know I lived with Muslims. And, yeah, I wouldn't want to be a girl in that culture. You know, the culture has lots of really negative things about it. But I never feared them. Uh, you know, they, they, weren't at, they weren't out to kill me. Uh, you know, this is in Israel. I was, I was a Jew. They were Arabs. They were Muslims. And fine, there's a fundamental difference between those Muslims that I lived with in Israel and who worked for me, and I, you know, and we had a great relationship, and between Hamas. Uh, Hamas is dedicated to my death. That is that is their purpose. They're ideologically dedicated to killing me. And these people are not ideologically dedicated to killing me. There's a difference between the two. I need a words. I need a concept to be able to differentiate the two because I don't want to go around killing my friends and and at the expense of the non. It, it, you know, instead of killing the bad guys. So you need to differentiate now. Uh, I think that they, the way they call themselves, they all call themselves Muslims. These guys have a different spin on Islam. You know, you might argue that it's a true spin on Islam, and that's fine. I don't care. But their spin on Islam is, I need to die. Those two groups are different groups, and I need to treat them differently. That, that's my whole point. And you argue that there are only three intellectuals in the world that believe this? Maybe. I mean, I, I haven't done a study of this, but it strikes me. That a, that a great majority of American Muslims uh, don't agree with Bin Laden and don't support Bin Laden, um, and uh, and it, it strikes me that uh, a significant number of Muslims in places like Indonesia and Malaysia and other places in Asia, in that part of Asia don't support Bin Laden. I mean, again, there's some who do, but don't support Bin Laden, and and actually very friendly to the United States. And any American could go to Indonesia and Malaysia and and and. and travel there pretty freely, and Indonesia, I think, is the biggest Muslim country in the world, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you have to be able to differentiate, and, and if you don't differentiate, I think, I think you, 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 you have a problem, and in the culture war, I think it's important that we did differentiate, because the fact is that if, if you have a Muslim who acts and says that he believes in the separation of church and state, I have nothing against him. Qua, you know, versus everybody else in the United States. But if you have a Muslim that advocates for Sharia, I have a lot against them. I have to be able to separate those two out, and I want them to know that I'm going to separate those two out. And the guy who believes the separation of church and state has my supports, and the guy who believes in Sharia, I'm going to kick out of the country. So what do you say, Bosh? I mean, look, there has to be a distinction, yes. But, um, you know, in terms of... Who is killing us? Who is out there? Every culture, 
those who go take up arms, those who the uh, the heroes of, of of each culture, the uh, soldiers, it's a small minority. It always is, and the jihadists are Islam's small minority of quote unquote heroes. This is this is what they do. Not all of them have to be in on it, but when this vast majority, as as I agree, is not is not out to kill us, they support the jihad by their silence or by their not arguing against it at all. And a lot of them don't argue against it because they literally cannot argue against the ideology. In terms of also, in terms of names, I mean, we can, you know, I, I guess we, were, we, could, we could have been referred to as cultural Muslims, culturally Muslim, me and my family. We weren't out to kill people, we weren't out to hurt people. But again, there were still those poisonous ideas where the Jews were the scum of the earth, where everyone outside of the house was uh, worthless, where women can be, you know, abused to, till, till, till no end. It's very rare to find a Muslim who rejects, you know, all of that. Very, very rare. Was That's your, the truth. Was your father alive on 9-11? Yeah. And what did he do? They didn't like it. Uh, okay. They, they okay. didn't speak out against it, but they didn't like it because they were, they were here for 30 years. They, they were more American than, than anything else at that point. But uh, in terms of, of I the think sex, that's the majority of American Muslims did that. I, they should I have spoken so out, but then most Americans didn't speak no, out. I mean, I think people so too, are whips today. But the Western Muslims are far different than even the ones in the Middle East who live in the, all these all, all, all these countries. So what I'm saying is here, there's no argument against uh, the distinction that's got to be made when you point out the fact that it's Saudi Arabia and Iran. Yes, we have to take those countries down. They have to go down ultimately. And then the Muslims who don't want to take up arms will have a great reason not to ever again. But, you know, in terms of the sects of Islam, when, you know, they're all different, then they're not. I mean, fundamentally, every single sect uh, sanctions jihad, except for this freak sect called the Ahmadiyya sect. Uh, they're, they're against jihad and, and they're killed for it, literally. So there's not an argument, it's not an intellectual argument, there's not a good Islam versus bad Islam having a battle out in the world. There's not at all. Well, so if the, if the important thing is to not give the religion a pass by using a terminology that helps us to differentiate the ones who want to kill us and the ones who don't, you know, you, you said, your own that it was Peter Schwartz who coined the term Islamic totalitarianism. Yep, yep. I think so. I, I, it's it's a long term. It'd be nice yeah, to use something with fewer syllables. With, with, with less syllables, more true. Right. Islam no, versus Islamic no, culture. No, no, no. But actually, if you think about it, it, it's very accurate in the sense that there are a lot of different types of totalitarianism. This particular type happens to be Islamic. But the implication is there. Well, That's the problem. Yeah. This is the question. Does the term Islamic totalitarianism imply that there is an Islam that is not? So, for instance, if you say totalitarian Islam, right, if you say totalitarian Islam, then you're saying that there are different types of Islam and one of them is totalitarian. But if you say Islamic totalitarianism, you're using Islamic as the modifier, maybe that's clearer, maybe that's preferable, yes or no? I mean, I, again, I don't think that you can, that you can say that any more, I mean, again, that Islam is more totalitarian than Christianity and Judaism. Now, in its modern manifestation, it is. Yes. But, but not in its core, right? And, and indeed, a, a country like Turkey, with all the problems, and I know they're bad guys and everything, they're not totalitarian. Uh, you know, there are plenty of people who ex, you know, express ideas contrary to Islam who live in Turkey. It's not totalitarian. It's bad, but it's not totalitarian. So Islam, qua Islam, again, in the world today, as we live it today, manifests itself in a variety of different forms. And I think it's important for us to identify that. I, you know, a better example, again, is I, I keep mentioning these countries because nobody thinks of them, but they have huge populations of Muslims, which is Malaysia and Indonesia. And yet, 
you know, they are not totalitarian countries. They have flaws. They have real problems. They have, they have a rising influence of Islamic totalitarianism, but they're not totalitarian countries, and yet they consider themselves 100% Muslim countries. And, and my view is, who am I to tell you you're not a Muslim country? You know, my only concern is, if you know Islam, are you or will you be a threat to me? And if you're not a threat to me, you know, live your life, and if you rot, then rot, you know. Well, and I'm not, gonna, again, uh, I'm not trying to argue the virtues or vices of Islam. We agree on that, you know. It, no, it's, we, it's, we agree ultimately we, this enemy has to go down. Absolutely. I'm yeah, with you. Yeah. There's, there's no question about it. Well, and, and he but, agrees but I think with con- you about the religion. Confusion, cognitive confusion makes it a lot more difficult to get the enemy to go down. It and makes it a lot more difficult uh, to explain why we care about Saudi Arabia and Iran versus everybody else. It makes it much more difficult to, to identify... Uh, Hamas is an enemy, and, and the PLO is, is well, no. not, is well, not know, an it, enemy of the United States, for example. You know, maybe it's Israel's enemy, you know. So you've got to be able to differentiate. And the clearer we are in our terminology, the easier it is to take out the real bad guys and to demolish them. And then the problem goes away, and then who cares? No doubt. But, you know, in, in, in terms of why is Saudi Arabia and Iran uh, the, big, the biggest threat? They're the most Islamic. They're the most honest about their religion, the Shiites and, and, and the Sunnis. And also in terms of objectivists, I, I, just, I, always, get, I, always, I always was bugged when I ever heard objectivists go into this uh, thing where conservatives did and liberals, they all have their pet names. One guy said radical Islam on a panel, and another guy said Islamofascism, Islamo-Nazism, totalitarian Islam. And I think in terms of consistency, that's important also to, to stick to one term if you're going to do it. And, uh, you know, I had this idea there. If, if anyone ever wants to use a term that deviates from Islam per se, I think, uh, you know, um, organized Islam is a good way of identifying uh, the mosques in America, the care, all these Muslim groups, the Muslim Students Association. Right, because uh, it's, it's not just about, it's it's not not just just about, about violent action. No. It's about using the law, for instance. We Subverting talk, we talk the law. To, uh, Brooke Goldstein about lawfare, so, you know, it's like, where care will sue people who criticize Islam. Yeah, you know, you know it, it doesn't... It yeah, but, but, but that's ridiculous. I mean, I don't care that care sues people about criticizing Islam. The real enemy there is the court system, not, not care. I mean, the idea that we don't have a First Amendment in this country, that's what we should be writing about. So the only way Islam can have any impact on the law is if we abandon the law. You know, the enemy, so the, the, the point is this, that at the end of the day, the only weapon they have against us is a gun. And even that's a pathetic weapon, because if we fought them, they would disappear very quickly. There's no we other weapon. No, but if we don't recognize Islam as the evil that it is, these countries could not, these groups cannot act openly the way they do, like here. They're here but you, to, can't, you don't have to recognize to it as evil. All you well, have to do is recognize the virtue of the First Amendment. Who cares what they do after that? As long as they're not raising arms, they can't be recognized. They want no. They they're practicing religious freedom at our expense. They want to subvert. They want to come and solve themselves for the for the hard jihadists. These guys are my point is my point is they can't if we uphold the rule of law. But what I'm saying is, if we recognize Islam as the evil it is, these groups cannot operate openly. We have to say, well, this is a quote-unquote totalitarian. But I don't have a problem with them operating openly. I don't have any problem with with these guys operating openly as long as we respect the rule of law. Well, they're part of the Muslim Brotherhood. It's not the Islamist Brotherhood, by the way. It's the Muslim Brotherhood, technically speaking. They're part of that group. 
which is meant to subvert. You know, fine. Over- you want to define certain groups as enemies, we can't. But the point is, if there's a Muslim group here who, who wants to preach, you know, you know, their form of Islam, but it's nonviolent, and they just want to convince people to adopt Sharia law, let them do it. The, okay, the point but- is, as long as America stays free, then they'll not get their way. And that's well, what we there- should focus on. There are five uh, former workers who work for CARE who are in prison because of terror-related charges. These guys are Fine. in on it. Then, then you know. ban CARE. I, I'm not, yes. again, I'm not. Yes, I, I, yes. Ban, ban CARE okay. on, on so, the grounds that they are at war with us in a, in a, in a subversive way, yes, because yeah, of Islam. But then, but, then, but then where does it end? Because if, if, if the war well, is with ban- Muslims, then you really ban all, anybody who expresses Muslim sentiments is banned, and therefore you shut down every mosque in the United States and you expel three-quarters or 90% of the Muslim population in the U.S. The point is, my point is, let's define exactly who the enemy is, Islamic totalitarians. If care falls into that definition, ban them. But most American Muslims don't fall in that definition. Leave them alone. In terms of, in terms of And that's why you need this definition. You need it in order to be able to segregate, to separate, to distinguish between who is the enemy and who isn't. Treat them differently because they deserve to be treated differently. But they have not distinguished themselves to us. We are at war. We're the ones being warred well, upon. They have, not, they, they have not distinguished themselves to us, which is significant. It's important that they do that. that they say there are a number of imams in the United States. I mean, I don't want to be, you know, I'm in a position to defend Muslims, but the number of imams in the U.S. that came out against 9-11 and did all that, you know, yes, that they haven't done enough. They haven't done that anything. Was, but neither did the American people. When, when American kids were dying in Iraq, and, and uh, you know, I'm much more upset at the American people for not standing up and defending them than I am at, at, at a few American Muslims who didn't, who didn't stand up and do it. Well, let's, stick you know, to the idea. let's stick to the terminology because this point here, so, you know, sometimes when you're at a, at a talk and you refer to it, basically, you say a radical Islam, within one sentence or two, you say radical Islam, Islamism, Islamic solitarianism, whatever you want to call it. And that, to me, is just, it's, it's like, whoa, 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 which one is it? And is it whatever you want to call it ism? Is that, is that an ideology? Yeah, so, so here's the thing. So suppose I agree with you, Yaron. I think it would be important to choose a term again that doesn't imply that there are different types of Islam. You don't want to make that statement where you're saying, oh, yeah, there is this separate kind of Islam that's a real force in the culture and the world today. Because, you know, one of the things that Leonard pointed out before was it, it isn't. I mean, there's, there's no major cultural movement among Muslims that is fundamentally different from just straight Islam. There hasn't been that. I, I mean, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's true. I mean, there's, there, there, are, there are liberal Muslims in Egypt who... There's a, there's a whole literature, Islamic literature in Egypt that is very moderate and very Western and still, and still, very you know, still Muslim. Yeah, very anti-Islam. Well, it is, fine, but they consider themselves Muslim. They consider matter, themselves Muslim, that, and I'm going to tell them, no, you're not Muslim, you're, yes, you're actually something you, else. Well, okay, you're wrong no, no, if you no, understand no. the ideology, no. okay. if you understand no, no. Islam. But, but, that, but basically okay. what you're saying is you, there's you no such thing as, let me give this example. You're saying there's no such thing as Reform Judaism. Right, so we can't take sure. Judaism and separate it out to ultra-orthodox, orthodox, conservative, and reform, which is done today, because yes. the fact is that it, the only real Jews are the ultra-orthodox Jews. Everybody else is basically anti-Judaism, and I agree with that. That's fine, but it's not useful. It doesn't serve any cognitive purpose. Well, it doesn't help we're, we're at war, and that's the whole point, and their motivation is 
the religion, Islam, not some deviant form. It's, it's well, right, Islam. right, right. But I, but I want to go back because I, I do think that term, Islamic totalitarianism, achieves the purpose. Well, it it, it implies again that there's a non no, Islam. I don't, I don't yeah, think the it does. I, I don't think it does. It, it says it says, look, there are different types of totalitarianism, and this one happens okay, to be okay. Islamic. Then do you see what do I mean? Do we ever hear the the, the terms seriously? Uh, uh, totalitarian Judaism, totalitarian Christianity, totalitarian no, Nazi. Okay. No, if they were at war with us, we would. Okay, no, so, but that's so different. sorry, that's different. even even when we were at war with Nazis, we call it totalitarian Nazism. Okay, no, no, no. But again, I think it's different whether you say Islamic totalitarianism, where the modifier is Islamic, versus totalitarian Islam. Because if you have the well, modifier, it's, it's, if, if it's you, been inter- interchangeable with objective. No, no, but okay, terms. but I think it shouldn't be interchangeable, well, it, right? It, it should be one. If, if, if you use the term, stick to one. Sure, sure, sure. But what I'm saying is, if you say totalitarian Islam. You're implying that there are different types of Islam, and this one happens to be totalitarian. Let's not make a statement about types of Islam. I think that we don't want to give Islam a pass, so to speak, in the term. And, and so, Yaron, I, I, I agree that there's this necessity to say, well, who is it that we're at war with, and we have to use a, you know, a concept that's going to be clear. But at the same time, I wouldn't want to introduce the confusion by implying that there's different types of Islam that somehow we know about when... It's it's ad hoc at best. You see, it's ad hoc but, out but there. Let, but, but who cares if there are different types of Islam? I mean, why do we care? I mean, to me, it, it's irrelevant. So, the, you know, what if the world today, there were different types of Islam? What difference does it make? It doesn't make one iota of a difference if there's one type of Islam or many types of Islam. We're not war with all Muslims. We're war with yes. Muslims that adhere to specific interpretation of Islam. Whether it's whether it's that's the only viable interpretation or not is irrelevant. It's their interpretation. We need to kill them. We need to destroy them. If we destroy them, the problem goes away. We, we shouldn't be in the business. I'm not in the business because I'm not a scholar in Islam, and I don't think I have to be a scholar in Islam to be able to say there are five different schools of Islam. I mean, if you go back no, to the golden age to. of Islam, there were different there were different judiciary schools in Islam. They didn't all agree on everything. There were debates even about jihad, what it meant, what it didn't mean. I mean, but that's my point is there might be different forms of Islam. I don't really care. I only care about one form of Islam, the one that wants to kill me, and I want to destroy yes, it first. That's yes. all. Islam, right. you're right. But if, if, if you use We that, agree. It's Islam. You're right. Okay. But, but, if, but if we... No, you don't agree. But if... One second. But why concoct, but I'm, I'm, why, I'm, why concoct terms? Why create no, terms? I, Hold I, on a minute. Post 9-11. This group said this. That group... You know what? I want my pet name. They have their pet name. Why is this? I mean, this is this is just it, to me. It's unnecessary. There's a word. There's a term called jihad. It means holy war against all outside of, sure. of Islam. Jihadists. Uh, that's that's yeah, a term. This is the, a good the war, term. I don't have a problem with jihadists. The war fine. against jihad. The war against jihad because that's their actual that's their doctrine of warfare against us. So we can identify as that. I think that's important. And uh, then you call the rest Muslims whatever, but the jihadists, whether they're the stealth jihadists who are trying to undermine us like here whether they're the hard jihadists in the military. Uh, well, as far as, as far as Muslim militaries go, but uh, the, the war against jihad. I mean, how about that term? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a good one. If, if you say something called Islamism, like suppose if you introduce that term, Islamism or radical Islam, then you're actually making a positive statement about different types of Islam. So I, what I'm saying is introduce a term that allows you to be clear 
without making any sort of statement about whether there are different types of Islam or not, because I haven't, I mean, have you, have you seen enough evidence to know that there's actually some sort of organized version of Islam that's different? It doesn't have to be organized. All you're saying by saying radical Islam is what you're saying is some people are taking this, some, there is, there's a group of people that take these ideas uh, what do you call it, uh, consistently, and they follow it all the way. And then there's a whole group of others, call them unradical Islamists, Muslims, who don't take it consistently. That's a good differentiation. That helps me, right? The people who don't take these ideas consistently and apply them to everything, they're not my enemy. The people who do are my enemy. I'm not implying that the different versions of it. I'm implying that the people deal with the topic of Islam in different ways. Some people take it in a radical fashion, consistently they apply it all the way through, and other people oh. don't. So, so you know, it, it, my point is, I don't care what the terminology is. All I need is something that differentiates two groups of people, the ones who want to kill me and the ones who don't. And I think we need a term like that. Jihadist is fine. I think jihadist is a good idea. It, it identifies the cause of it. I have no problem with radical Islam either, and I have no problem with Islamic totalitarianism. Yeah, but you know, radical compared to what? Radical compared to what? Compared to Islam? It's non-radical. It's it, it, no, but it is normative Islam. This is what it is. This is what it calls for. I mean, this is what it is. That's right. all no, point. No, it's the way I, people live it. 90, 90% of Muslims don't live radical Islam. Yeah, but, right. there, some but other form 90% of Muslims aren't really Muslims. They're, they're not. There's, there's, there's like the guy. The, the, the guy has that book, "The Year of Living Biblically," and you know how crazy that was. Yeah. I mean, it's that kind of thing. But That's no, okay, the so, argument that nobody's a Jew. I mean, it's the same argument. Well, I mean, culturally okay. Jewish, culturally Jew. Muslim. I mean, you know, come on. Okay, so if you say if you say radical, I I I, I, I get that. If you use jihadist, I say okay. Jihadist you know, is the that, one. Uh, the word um, is jihad is, is a proper is, term. Islamic totalitarianism, I like, but I still don't like Islamist. And I don't like totalitarian Islam because those make implications, whereas these other terms that we've been discussing. So radical Islam doesn't necessarily, or not radical Islam, I would say, oh, a radical Muslim. I'd call him a radical Muslim, maybe, because radical Islam makes an implication. So uh, radical Muslims, jihadists, a, uh, Islamic totalitarian I think it's important to know those, who, those terms seem to be good at differentiating who wants to kill us and who doesn't, and at the same time, not the, implying anything good about know, Islam. Who, who adheres to the religion most consistently? They're the ones who are at war with us. Those who, the consistent practitioners of Islam are the ones who are at war with us. That's a long term. I don't know if you want to use that, that term, but well, those but are the ones that, who are at war with us. So that's what he's trying to imply by using the term radical here. Is yeah, that but radical compared to what? Who, radical, radical compared to what? To Islam by nature? All radical means Islam. is consistent. It's exactly what well, you just said. All yeah, it means is consistent. And it says that people are not radical, are, are, are not practicing it consistently, if that's what you want, if that's what you think Islam means. It also, okay. it also separates you out and says, you know what, y- you know, I'm not a theologian. I don't, and I don't care. I don't care what ultimately Islam actually means. I mean, I could go study and so on. It, but that's not the point. The point is, what are these guys... You know, what do these guys represent? And you can separate it out that way rather than get into eternal squibble, uh, you know, squabbling within, within the Muslim world. And there is a lot more debate than I think we're giving them credit. Not, I don't like to give them credit for anything. But there's a lot more debate about what Islam actually means and what kind of jihad you shouldn't, shouldn't fight and what does it mean and so on. There's a debate out there. 
Okay. Well, you know, why, why are we it's talking to, about to this? Assume there's one faction of Muslims, and they all adhere to the same thing. Because the fact is that when the, radic- when the, when the Islamic totalitarians, or the, when, the, when the radicals win, they're going to be shooting and killing each other because nobody agrees with anybody with anything. They all do that. But, you know, we're talking about Islam because of what Muslims, consistent practitioners of Islam, are doing to us. This is the, this is the reason why we're right. discussing this topic. Right. So, you know what? To hell with those who are not involved with the war against us. I don't care for them. They are insignificant. They have not done anything to distinguish themselves from, from their uh, leaders. From their... So, you know what? Uh, we're not going to indiscriminately uh, oppose them and go after them in, in this country. We won't do it. But when it comes to the countries who most exemplify this religion who most adhere to it it happens to be that the most that the most that the greatest state sponsor of terrorism on earth is those two countries saudi arabia and iran because of their consistency within with with islam i think i think you I don't, know. don't disagree here i think you don't disagree here and well, then ultimately we want to win we want I mean, to kill the enemy end them that's what i want to do and that's what your wants to do i know that it's just a point about to dismiss the idea that you know islam should be considered in this at all Islam as it actually is, it, it, it motivates them. Without that religion, without Muhammad... Well, of course it does, but that's why I would always it. use... That's why I said it should always have Islam in the title. So it's Islamic, you know, it's, it's totalitarian Islam or Islamic totalitarianism. It's, it's, Islam is in the title. It has to be in the yeah. title because that's, well, it's, that's it's, the core. Yeah, but it, the implication is but there. It, but you right? have to, again, you have to separate people out. You, if, the, the, if you have a concept and it blows distinctions... Then it, then it is not a useful concept. And when you go to war, you want to refine your concept. You want to make them as clear and concise as possible so that you can identify the enemy clearly and you don't, get, you don't waste energy and you don't waste, waste resources. That's my I only agree. purpose for doing this. I agree. I mean, uh, we are at war with jihadists because jihadists are at war with us. Uh, we're, jihadi- we're not going to disagree if you want to use the term jihadists. No, but okay, that's, the that, that's a proper term. So it, I, I guess, it's actually Islamic. I mean, for myself, I would say, okay, I think we draw a line here because I don't think you guys are going to get any further with this. But I, for Can I would, continue? yeah, no, but I, I would just, I would just urge the use of terms and the consistent use of terms that don't imply anything good about Islam. That there's some version of Islam yeah. that's great or something. So maybe a term like radical Muslim, a term like jihadist, jihadist. and I and I, I do I, I credit Schwartz for Islamic totalitarianism. I don't like to tell again totalitarian Islam is modifying Islam in some way. But if you say Islamic totalitarianism, you're saying there's these totalitarians. These ones happen to be Islamic. We're fighting them. And in a way, it's it, you're sort of denigrating Islam. You're saying we don't really even care about their religion. And and what is it? You know, truly, as objective, well, we the, the, the most fundamental difference that we have with religion is that it is based on faith. Yeah. And each religion, in its own way, will prescribe all sorts of horrible things. And our, our, our basic ideological battle against religion is its insistence on faith. And therefore, you know, if you always take everything on faith, you're going to end up eventually initiating force against other people. So I, I, I think your own's pushed me a little bit this I just debate. Ask you a question, your own. Uh, I know that you've, you've uh, mentioned uh, Christian objectivists, self-identified Christian objectivists. Yeah. Have you ever met a Muslim objectivist? Uh, there is no such thing as a Christian objectivist, but I no, know that. I, <laughs> I know, I know that. Self-identified. <laughs> There's a reason why. I mean, if, besides the fact that uh, objectivism was you know created by a, a woman. Besides that, that's all. It's just funny. Okay. Yeah. So you're just make, you're making the point. So I think no. We I mean, give... we agree. Islam is a thousand years behind the times. Great. You know, yeah, it needs a refor- it needs an enlightenment, not even a reformation. It needs an enlightenment. And 
and you know, as a as a and the one piece, you know, is uh, a, I call them non-Muslim Muslims, like my family members. You know, they're not violent. They don't give a damn for jihad, but they but they shut their traps. They don't say anything, which which is a bad thing for them as well to be part of this religion. Which yeah, is yeah, but it's not helpful. I don't think calling people non-Muslim Muslims is is helpful in the context that we're talking about. It, you know, any more than calling Christians who don't actually pray. most Christians in America today are non-Christian Christians, but that's yeah. not helpful. It's not helpful. Well, well, we have to identify the enemy, and that's what it is. Yes, because jihad that's is right. So we have to take the people jihad. who call themselves Muslims and separate them. And that's the only ones. I'm, 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 that, those who are I'm, threat, those who are not a threat. Yes, so. exactly. Those are the ones that I'm concerned with and that you are concerned with, that we all are. Uh, but, you know, this idea that uh, they could be devout Muslims without being in on it, I just, I don't buy that. It's just not po- it's not possible if they're going to be consistent oh, I'm practitioners sure, I'm sure of Islam. I'm sure there are lots of devout Muslims. I'm sure there are lots consistent of devout practitioners Muslims who are not who in on it. Who don't want to I'm take sure. us down? Consistent practitioners yes. of Islam? That's impossible. Yes. It's impossible. No, I don't. Okay, I, well, we don't agree on that. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to draw a line here and I'm going to I want to I want to give your own an opportunity to talk about something that he said he much preferred to talk about and that was the question from Inside Baseball. Crastio, right? He asked you, I believe, over Twitter, why is baseball the quintessential American sport? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> is, that, is that just tricky? Is that just as tricky a question? <laughs> no, well, it is because I know people, I know objectivists who don't consider baseball a sport. I know objectivists who hate baseball, and I know I'm going to get hate mail for this, probably more hate mail for this than anything I say about Islam. Um, well, sorry, I one thing. It, if you can have yeah. a belly and be in a sport, you know. But anyway, go on. <laughs> see, see. I mean, it's not a sport if you have a belly. But anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's um, it's more than any other sport. Uh, baseball is an individualistic sport. It's about it's about the combination of both individual performance and team achievement. And it's, it's a great concretization of, of kind of a battle between two individuals with a team supporting. So it's, it's, it's really the I did build that, but I didn't do it alone kind of thing. So you, you've got a pitcher on the mound and you've got a batter in the box. And it's a, it's a psychological, physical, intellectual duel between them with a whole cast of supporting characters around it. And I think that, that that image of the ninth inning, you know, Babe Ruth at bats and a great pitcher on the mound and the, and the, and, the, and the, you know and a, and a game on the line, you know, the, the kind of win success on the line, and it, you know, it's just there's something incredibly both individualistic about it. It's also paced. It's slow. It's deliberate. It's not all about physicality. Yes, you can have a little bit of a tummy and, and play baseball because it's much more of a psychological and mind game than any other sport that I know. And I, I just think it's, it's dramatic as a consequence. It's, uh, it's exciting. And then if you go out to the ball field and, you know, the green of the ball field and the, the tens of thousands of people there all there to watch this this game and uh, you know it's just it just has a certain american eating hot dogs and drinking beer it's just it's just so american for me the immigrant um that to me this is this is the american sport 
How I like the way you put that. No, I think yeah. I, I think it's definitely a good answer. Now to get you onto a front page headline story that's just been consuming social media for a couple of days now. I'm sure you've seen it. The star of Duck Dynasty gets suspended, and the whole conservative world is up in arms because of censorship. Do you have any comment on that, Yaron? So I haven't seen the story. I have no idea what they're talking about, and uh, how can it be censorship if it's a <laughs> private organization doing it? And why anybody in their right mind cares about the Duck Dynasty is beyond <laughs> me. So even if it was in the headline, I wouldn't read it. Um, uh-huh. You know, this is a so- more signs of, of American cultural decline. Sorry. You, I, you. I, I was going to say, you won't be surprised, but Ted Cruz himself issued a statement in which he uses the terms free speech, religious liberty, uh, po- thought police, yeah. And censoring, you know, he uses it in a way where if he's really called to the carpet on it, he could say, well, you know, censor has different meanings and it's not censorship like government. But but he's using these terms and speaking about this suspension of someone from a private individuals show. and private yeah. corporations have every right to 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 exclude from their shows people who say things they disagree with. Uh, CNN does it every day. MSNBC does it every day. Fox does it every day. They, you know, Fox discriminates against liberals. Uh, you know, MSNBC discriminates against conservatives. Why would it be any different for the channel, whatever that channel is, that that uh, that has uh, that has this nonsense on? But but it is. It, you know, this is the same as the obsession people have with, and and that 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 people feel the comment on 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 what do you call it? Uh, what's the name? Hilton and all these yeah. celebrities. I mean, we live in a shallow, uh, um, pathetic culture where these people are important. Who, who cares? I mean, if, yeah. it was, if it was the government censoring it, then I'd care no matter who they were, no matter how Absolutely. shallow they were. But it's a, private, it, it's a private individual. Would it scare you to know that this, this show that is watched by 14, 14 million people per episode, I guess it's the biggest, what? The, yeah, the, biggest, the biggest nonfiction show in cable history. Yeah. Uh, you know, total, total Bible thumping, and, and his whole stated goal, the, the guy who was suspended, his whole stated goal is to spread the word of God. That's, that's what's yeah, going I on. Yeah, I didn't even know it was Bible thumping. I just, I just, you know, it's, I mean, I don't want to insult them because I haven't watched the show, but it strikes me as a show about, about uh, you know, very simple people with, very, with nothing, you know, a soap opera about the worst type of people in the world. You know, mm-hmm. just very simple, poor, you know, un, unproductive, unenlightened people. And why 14, American, 14 million Americans want to watch this crap, I have no idea. But they certainly have a right to do it. Um, you know, I want to see, I want to see shows about, about great people, about exciting people, about interesting people, even if they're villains, interesting villains. You know, I want to see, you know, the only reality shows that I like are shows that, that, are comp- that are competitive and where real talent is on display, whether it's singing shows, dancing shows, cooking shows. Talent, right. But where there's, you know, where there's real, where there's real talent. Or maybe know, Shark Tank to... where they have the entrepreneurs, right? Shark Tank? Yeah, the problem with Shark Tank is it's, it, you know, I don't want to insult Shark Tank. But, but, but okay. it's so superficially capitalist. It's so... It's so not how venture capitalists function. It's so shallow. It's, um, 
and, and from inside information, I understand that none of these businesses have succeeded, not a single one of them. Mm. So, okay. Um, Sadness. What, what I'm not, I'm not a fan of Shark Tank. But I'm not a fan of most of these. What's that? Thanks for the discussion. I appreciate it. We need we need to sure. plug 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 your own for indulging us also, today. Will on you this use the, the term jihad or the war against jihad? Would you Would you use that term? Yeah, jihad, jihadist. I think jihad, or jihadism, or whatever jihadism. I don't know if that's yeah. a term. Sure. But anyway, any of those terms would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Well, so maybe we've made a little bit of progress on this interminable discussion. <laughs> I think I think Elon I think Elon often uses it. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. So everybody, Elon you Rokai, go. The single best piece was the Jihad on America 2006 for uh, objectivist. Uh, what was it called? Uh, it, was, it, it was one of the best pieces ever ever written, flat out, on this topic. Okay. We got to zoom, yeah, but we have yeah. to give your own right, information. Right. So everybody, go follow your own Brook on Twitter, Y A R O N B R O O K. Follow his blog, capitalism.einrand.org, and also follow your own Brook on Facebook. Any place else we should follow you, your own? If they follow me on Facebook and Twitter, I'll be happy. Excellent, I expect excellent. Thousands of additional followers in, That's right. in the coming hours. Sounds excellent. Good talking. Okay, great. Oh, everyone's saying, wait, can we ask questions? But we're out of time. Thank you, Ron. We'll talk. Merry Christmas. Time. Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Ask questions. Go go on the Don't Let It Go page on Facebook and yeah, ask, if, ask questions yeah, there. If people would like to continue this discussion, go to don'tletitgo.com, which is my blog. Leave comments on the show. If there are unanswered questions that you had, go ahead and try to post them there as well. But no, we don't have any more time for questions. Our show is about over. So everyone, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas, as politically incorrect as that Merry is. Merry Christmas. A, a Merry Commercial Christmas, as we objectivists yes. would like to say. And I will talk to you next week, Friday, Falls on a day that's not a holiday, so I hope to see you here. Take care, everyone.